If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben, and today I am joined by a regular co-host, Mr. Andy Conduit-Turner. Hello, Ben. Nice to see you again. It's been a couple of whole weeks, hasn't it? It sure has. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, but today we're joined by a very, very special guest. Helen Payne is a published writer, part-time actor, full-time Star Wars nut, and I'm assuming horror fan as well, right? Welcome to the show. Oh, yes. Helen, hello. Hello. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> I'm Absolutely. very excited. You're very welcome. You're very, very welcome. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. joining us, Helen. And thanks for bringing a film, which I don't know about you, Ben, but I'd never heard of until you suggested it. So you call yourself a horror fan, Andy. I know. I've never heard of the I've never heard of it either. There we go. Podcast hosts that have been stumped and gazumped by your choice, Helen. That's a first, yeah. Wow, I'm honoured. <laughs> I think it's a first. I think it's a first. I, as I said, I definitely recognise the poster. I've seen like a couple of bits of the poster, but apart from that, I never really, really knew much about it. And I don't think we've done a Ken Russell film on this podcast either, have we, Andy? Not that I'm aware of. We'll double check, but I don't think we have. You know, and so there we go. You know, don't get me wrong, everyone. We're not handed in a horror cards just yet i'm not going to turn up for news next week and say ben you'll never there's a halloween too he's not dead you know he got away at the end he comes back yeah he comes back <laughs> and someone stabs him in the eyes uh ken russell directed altered states that's that film with um william hurt in it oh, okay I've definitely seen that. Lair of the White Worm, I've not actually seen. That's another one that's definitely oh, on the list. It's on the list. I want to do that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it looks like that. So there are a couple of like other big horror films. The Devils. Is that a. Is that a horror? No, it's not really a horror film, is it? No. Is it that's about the, like an underdog no. football team? That's the one where Oliver Reed looks all a bit like Jesus, but not Jesus. He's wearing the opposite of Jesus. 
<laughs> the opposite Jesus. The devil himself. <laughs> reverse Jesus. <The> devils. <laughs> Uno reverse. It's it's uh it's Oliver Reed. Uh so yeah, I mean the cast of this film is all goth so gothic. We've not mentioned it yet. Um the cast of this film is pretty he- pretty heavy as well. Ga- Ga- Gabriel Byrne. Oh wow, you've okay. got it on DVD. Official <laughs> hard go. copy owner, Helen this, Payne. I was is gonna say re- this is yeah. Is it really Original. rated eighteen? It is really rated eighteen. There you go. Why? That... What happens in what happens in it that make it rated eighteen? I think it's well, the orgy's probably a big part of it. Sorry, slight spoiler yeah, there. Gabriel uh... Byrne is getting noshed <laughs> off for quite a lot of the film. It's just yeah. Timoth- it's Timothy Spall in a corset that bumps up to eighteen. Timothy Spall in a yeah. corset, and then everyone takes a turn walking around him while they spin him around an office chair, going, "Think it with your penis." I was like, "No, stop, please, no, enough." <laughs> Um, this this film it was you have bit, to be 18 to deal with things like that it was a bit of you a see that when you're 17 film. fuck you up <laughs> there we go that's what'll happen um so first time watching it for us what's your relationship with this film helen so obviously you've seen it before is it like a personal favorite it's uh well it, it's like a you know when people say oh it's a time period in your life and mm. i uh, was part of an amdram group back in the 2010s um and one of the plays that we did was a play about lord byron and i just got really obsessed with byron and i wanted to know oh, more I about see. him so as i was doing the the search if you like all the, the things that he's done i came across gothic and uh i've not been the same since so it does seem like the kind yeah. of film that would that would change you for the for the better for the better it lingers it lingers it's it is i know we're going to go into more detail later but it is the kind of film that you know you say to somebody about a conventional horror film and they think of jump scares and gore and things like that but the, gothic's not like that but it just stays in your head yeah that's, that's the only way i can describe it. it's like a definitely really intense fever dream definitely not a conventional horror film i wouldn't attribute that word to it at all nothing mm. conventional about it uh but still, like an interesting story. Obviously, I guess it's like a uh, pseudo true. Obviously, pseudo, there's bits yeah, of it that pseudo don't true. happen. I mean, who was there? A... Who was there? Who was there apart from this lot? Who could have told you? I think they refer to it as like a an imagining of real events. So it's like they've taken the base uh, of the truth and then gone. Actually, I like to think it happened this way. I like that's that, kind of how I always see it. I kind of yeah. do that. In my day-to-day life, if I'm telling a story, I go sprinkling a little bit of fiction to make it just a little bit more spicy, you know? So, mm. like, you know, usually when we catch up before we start recording, um, we'll say, how was your day, Ben? If so, I'll tell you what, add a little <laughs> bit of a spicy cup of tea. Next thing you know, a little lumpa lumpa chap sitting on my chest. So it turns out it was just my half-sister. Oh, I was just confused <laughs> for a minute there. Um, little lumpa lumpa chap. Uh yeah, that was that. That's a that's a very uh, distinct visual, isn't it? Uh, mm. That poster of the little. I guess it's like is oh, it yeah. a represent- representation of like a um, sleep paralysis demon or something? Oh, incubus sitting on the chest there. Yeah, because they're supposed to sit on your chest, aren't they? Yeah, steal your breath like cats out of you. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, the cast of it as well is pretty pretty heavy. We've got a Gabriel Byrne. Uh, Julian Sands, obviously, we've mentioned plenty of times on this podcast. Um, Natasha Richardson as well, Timothy Spall, uh, Dexter Fletcher. So yeah, loads of recognisable like faces. Uh, some appear. Dexter Fletcher appears in it what like once or twice. 
a uh, little sleep paralysis mm. demon just to just the once. I was itching to see him again. <laughs> Where's he gone? Every time Where's... he's not on screen. Where's he bloody gone? Uh yeah, so I mean, Helen, do you want to tell us a little bit about about your sort of acting and any any writing as well? Obviously, in your biography that we read out just at the top of the show, you've done a bit of both yeah. of those. So, is that something yeah. you've been doing for a long time? Quite a long time. Yeah, um, I've. Uh, I suppose you could say that the um, the writing that I've done recently um, more plays than anything else. Uh, so I've I've had plays oh, wow. okay. at the Edinburgh Fringe and uh, the Swindon. Wow. Fringe. I know that sounds like a bit of a come down from the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> a little bit of a come down. Ge- um, geographically, absolutely. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I'm working on a couple of things at the moment, but um, mainly the the acting that I do is, uh, it's not professional, but I enjoy doing the acting. Uh, although one of the things actually that uh, I'm involved in at the moment is a local production called Asmodeus. And uh, if you guys like, I can give you the, the handle for that. Um, yes, yeah, please do. It's, I think, Andy, you've seen it, haven't you? The trailer? I saw the, the trailer. trailer. Yeah, I've absolutely seen the teaser. Yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it looks it's uh, good. Yeah, and I, I liked a few things that we watched. I watched your, one of your short films, Collard, not long ago, and there is oh, another yeah. one. But there's another oh, one where you, you have a partner with like a computer chip and I forget the title of that, you'll have to forgive me. Oh my goodness me. No, I'd actually forgotten about that one. <laughs> uh, what is that called? My same guy though, boyfriend. isn't it? It's the same actor. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it was a short, um, uh, what do you call it? The Where they do the sci-fi challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was at like 24, 48 uh, hours or something like a short right. turnaround, right? Yeah, and you, oh, they okay. give you the title, they give you an item, they give you a line of dialogue, and you have to go away and make it in 48 hours. And, yeah, this one was about a, uh, a guy who'd implanted a chip in his girlfriend's head, and she'd found it and taken it out. Um, and uh, it was a bit of a, it was a sci-fi horror, actually. Yeah. Uh, I'd say, um, so yeah, so that's a sci-fi horror. Collard is a horror. And Asmodeus technically could be a horror because it's about a cult. So, um, yeah, uh, I seem to fall into mm. this genre quite easily. Would you say, I enjoy would you say it horror? though; it's fun. Is it your favorite genre? Genre? Would you say? Is it? I would you've say enjoyed? so. Yeah. Oh, very much. Well, it, it's that and sci-fi because uh, I love okay. my Star Wars and I like my oh, sci-fi so, films. So, what about um, sci-fi horror then? Oh, Alien, Event Horizon, uh, Aliens. Yeah, and. What a, a brilliant combination, let's say, of, of genres. Yeah. Absolutely adore it. I almost put this on the list. We got some sci-fi horror coming up in a few weeks. So, I mean, spoilers for the look ahead, everyone, but it's all right. We love you guys. We'll tell you. We've got scanners coming up in a few weeks' time as well. We're going to be talking nice. about so a bit of sci-fi horror. Um, yeah. But even when then, I think in, if it's not already live, classic sci-fi Horror like Galaxy of Terror is about to come on um, onto Shudder anytime now, uh, mm-hmm. which is Freddy Krueger, the actor Robert England, not actually as Freddy Krueger. I'm an horrible time in space, getting scared by by mm-hmm. monsters. If you haven't seen Galaxy of Terror, it's worth a watch. It's very weird. Oh, oh I, I haven't, but I want to. Mm. Yeah, me too, hundred uh, percent. So, where where did your love of horror sort of begin then, Helen? Did it start from like a young age? 
Yeah, I'd say it probably did. You know, we're we're all of that generation, aren't we, where we watch the films we shouldn't have watched when we were kids. And I can remember being not quite 10 years old and Terminator 2 was on the TV and I just sat down and watched it and and was hooked. Yeah. (laughs) It was very bad. But yeah, it is... uh, it's the kind of thing that it, it the exposure of it at that age can either be good or bad if you know what i mean so either it's going to scare the bejesus out of you and give you horrible nightmares and and put you off it or you're going to watch it and like us go i think i've just seen one of the greatest films i'm ever going to see and then it fuels the um obsession i think it did both for me a lot of stuff i saw from an early age did scare the bejesus out of me but i was like that was horrific and i love it mm fine line isn't it between uh was it awe and terror i know i always find what like as a kid growing up it was the things that i didn't watch that i was more afraid of like my told this story before my uncle had a poster of freddy krueger on his wall but years before i'd ever seen a nightmare who is that terrified of it who's that man (laughs) what does he want from me and then there's always the kid that um you know, whose parents probably pay le- far less attention to them in your class at school as well, the kid that has seen all of them. And, you know, you sit there, like, absorbing all these horror films from this kid going, yeah, and in Nightmare on Elm Street 4, he's got all the people on his chest, like Peach, and I'm like, this sounds made up, but I can't stop <laughs> listening to the rest of it. It's completely made up. How dare you? Yeah, there was always that kid, wasn't there? You'd seen everything. Uh, it's not even scary, you know. I don't. I find it funny, not scary. <laughs> Your mate from the cinema. <laughs> I find it funny, not scary. Well, good for you. Great. <laughs> I'm happy for you. I don't. I'm terrified. Um, okay. I mean, before we get into talking about gothic, we've got a little bit of horror news just to cover. I know on last week's episode, um, if you listened to that, you'll hear that it was just before playstation's state of play so we were just about to get some news about silent hill 2 and we got it we got it so there's no release date but we've got some um combat gameplay but also sneaky old konami actually released a short silent hill game for free on playstation last week called the short message i've played it i've played it in full yeah i I didn't get around to it ben so it's all on you baby Oh god, it's all on me. I was over now, Jack. Um I've I've played it. It's only a couple of hours long. As it's free, I mean you can't complain massively, can you? Um no. it's a bit like it's a bit narrative heavy. There's lots of themes of like abuse and self-harm and suicide. So it's quite heavy on that. So it almost feels a bit like a sort of young adult type thing. Um it, it leans into the lore of Silent Hill a tiny, tiny little bit, but it still feels like it's just loosely connected to rather than being straight up from the world of Silent Hill. So, so just a tiny bit, like someone walks in there and goes, cool, it's like a Silent Hill in it. That's it's it. a Silent Hill in it. Well, I think you find <laughs> you find like a document at one point. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, so go go and check it out. Um, it's probably worth it. There's some a good like stalker enemy, so it that makes okay. for some good scares. Uh, and a particular moment right towards the end where I was, um, I was terrified. I was screaming. I was cursing. Uh, Did you throw your controller away? I'm not the kind of person who would ever do that. That's the last That's the PS5 controller these days. You'd have to be <laughs> oh, yeah, real yeah, scared. PS5, <laughs> PS5 controller is like one quarter the co- the cost of the console, so there's no way. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. You'd only throw it away if it was into a safely prepared pile of cushions. Yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Why yet? 
slowly put it down. <laughs> Not it the days of the PS1 though. where you fight an annoying boss and really twist your controller. <laughs> you can hear oh, it creaking, creaking in your hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It, it was, it was a, I enjoyed it, but it was a bit narrative heavy. There was a lot of like, rather than you w- like actually being able to absorb it, there was a lot of like, okay, now we're going to tell you exactly what's happening. So for me, it didn't quite hit the mark. Um, but, this is scary because <laughs> yeah, this is scary because of these are the these are the sub these are the subtext we're trying to cover. Um, yeah, but looking forward to Silent Hill two. Uh, I know a lot of people are saying that the the gameplay might look a little bit clunky. I don't know. Andy, did you see the gameplay? Did anyone see the gameplay? Um, I don't know. When you're making something like this, and I know, obviously, Capcom did a fantastic job updating Resident Evil 2. Mm. Silent Hill 2 does control a little bit clunky, or it did. So yeah. in many ways, um, if you're Blue team and you're remaking this, if someone says the controls are a bit clunky, you can lean back and say, you're welcome, accurate Good. remake. Accurate remake, yeah. I want clunky. Exactly, controls, exactly yeah. what I was planning to do, actually. So how about yeah. shut up? But you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll give it I'll give it a go. Like I'm I'm looking forward to it. I don't know, you know. I have a I certainly didn't get all the endings of Silent Hill two. Bit of a blur. Yeah. Same I haven't here. played it for years. God. No. Would you Would you play a remake, Helen? I think I would. Yeah. No, I think I would. Um, because I played the um, Resident Evil um, one remake. I know this is going back a while. Um, but yeah, I'd have quite enjoyed still that. Still holds up though. Resident Evil One remake, doesn't it? Still holds. It up. I think it's it better. Does. I think it genuinely is better. Yeah, um, it's it the best are, remake they've done, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And that was only one like, really what? holds up, and it's deeply upsetting, isn't it? That there is a far more, there's a far greater time period between that remake and now than there was between the two things, the original and that coming out. Because it was only like six years, years, years like, it? Yeah, five six years. Yeah. And then that was 20 years ago. <laughs> I don't I know. That's why I hesitated when I said it. I played the Resident Evil 1. I thought, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to say, how, how old am I? <laughs> but yes. It's okay. We were all there when, when it was forged. I was there when it was forged in the fires of the PlayStation <laughs> crypt. Yeah. Uh, I remember when it came out. I remember. I remember standing in line at, in the Virgin Megastore. Ready to, to buy it for you. Oh, <laughs> I've, t- I've told you this before. For, 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 at risk of repeating myself on this podcast nearly 10 times, I just got a friend of mine who was a lot taller than me to buy it for me. And it worked. Nice one. I went, yeah, he's probably about 15. No. I think I was like, 11. I think I was like 12 years old. <laughs> it's going to uh, be one of those things as well that it's going to be someone on minimum wage in a shop that doesn't give a fuck that you're not 18 oh, yeah. and is like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's good. Um, other pieces of news we've got. There's a there's a poster for Beetlejuice two this week. Beetlejuice the sequel is going to be called Beetlejuice Beetlejuice. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Am I misreading that? So yeah, if you I've accidentally got... describe the series of films, you've summoned him already. You've already summoned him. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be released on oh, the the old Amer- American date sixth of September. Um. I'm 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 glad that this is finally an official poster because if I frequent social media anymore and see like people sharing fake posters and saying this looks oh. great, can't wait for this. That's a pet peeve of mine. Someone's <laughs> poorly photoshopped a poster and said, This looks great. No. 
terrible. <laughs> it's always, I, and it's I always the believe... person you feel harshest slagging them off. It's always like your mom or someone who's shared. Yeah. I, I I will literally not believe it until it's shared by like an official an official account related to the film. Like I think this was like Warner Brothers pictures or something. But um, you're not going to believe that film's out until Tim Burton hands you a copy himself. Exactly. Yeah. Come on, Tim. Get on the line. Uh, everybody looking forward to this? Is this one that you think is needed, or just maybe not? I don't generally know. Actually, I don't know anything about. I didn't realize there was a sequel coming, so I'm curious for you guys to, you know, sort of tell me a little bit more about it. Is is it? Um, is Michael Keaton back? Michael Keaton oh, is yeah, back. I think, so. um, I think a lot of the original cast, Winona Ryder, um, and some of the supporting cast are also back. Uh, Tim Burton okay. is directing it as well. I believe that's correct, isn't it? Um, and this is just like a little teaser poster of like some hands holding like the ribbon with the with the numbers on it, like. Um, Oh, with the date, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is a pretty good little concept for for a, a teaser poster. But yeah, so I mean, apart that from that, all this time, oh, you'd be absolutely raging, wouldn't you? Um, apart from that, I don't really know anything else. He's going back to all his old roles, though. Michael Keaton, isn't he? He was Batman last year. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now he's Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. That means there's got to be a Beetlejuice. 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 Right? How many times have you got to say it? Three times. Three. There's so got to be a third one there. A number divisible by three, then you're right. Yeah. Oh no, they're not going to cut that in the, in the modern parlance, Ben. It's going to be B three juice, isn't it? If it comes, if you oh get... no. <laughs> I mean, it's not two thousand and two, but yeah, actually, maybe. <laughs> but if it doesn't matter because that has never gone away. <laughs> it's never ever gone away. <laughs> oh, I think Jenna Ortega looks like she's in it as well. Um, so you know, any any oh, sort of like yeah, along with Renona Ryder, right? Is this character kind of a bit of a goth? Yes. Let's get Jenna Ortega in there. I think she's great, so that's that's good. Um, it potentially could be Winona's uh, relative, or yeah, you know that yeah could be a like down the generations. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I'd watch it. I'm gonna play on this one, Ben. I'm gonna play my anything can be good card. I think with the caliber of cast and crew behind it, mm. it's more than likely to be good. I think there's certainly no amount of skill that's gone into it but it's going to be the whole Ian Malcolm paradox for this one for me again like could they do it absolutely should they have we'll find out like I think it totally depends we will find if, you have out. A, if you have a really good idea if it really holds <laughs> together really well if it captures because it's so hard to go back after that amount of time and obviously the old oh, one yeah. still exists so it can't spoil the old one absolutely not but I think if it's been made because they had a wonderful idea and a really fun way to execute it and it's done with heart and as it's intended, I think it can be really, really good. If it is built for keeping hold of an IP, keeping it in the public domain, you know, keeping it in the public interest, making money, pitching for B3 Juice, the sequel already, rather than just, I'm going to make a film that's good on its own, then B3 absolute kiss of death, mate. I think we'll, I'm more... I was just sorry, guys. I was just going to say, I think I'm more comfortable with the idea of a sequel than a remake. I think if they'd have come out and said they were going to uh, yeah. remake the original film, I would have been less likely to. And it's handsome Timothy Shallow, maybe. That's exactly what I was going to oh, say. No, <laughs> that's no. exactly what it was. How did you do that? I was just about to go, that's a great little joke. That is there. Say Timothy Chalamet, Chalamet whatever his name is. <laughs> Exactly. Um, 
Okay, and the only other piece of news, I'm going to rebuff what you just said, Andy. Anything could be good. And I'm going to say, just before we went live to record this podcast, a poster and a trailer dropped for Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. I had that on my list, Ben. I'll tell you what, have you watched the trailer yet? <laughs> no, no, have you? You know what? I'm not, anything can be good, Ben, but looks better. Looks better it's than good. the old one. So it's got a better budget. It's got a bigger budget, yeah. sorry. Not so you, can tell, you can tell they've got a lot more money. A lot more money. Um, they're they're throwing. So you got Piglet, you got Tigger, the poster. I guess that, is that supposed to be Owl? There's something that looks like the Jeepers Creepers creature. Oh, I didn't see the poster with with the Owl, but Winnie the Pooh's got some lovely, lovely dungarees on. Actually, funnily Winnie enough, the, Winnie the Pooh's got <laughs> he's some got, lovely, he's got some lovely dungies on. Nice check shirt. Yeah. Um. So I guess I don't. I mean, what could, from the tra- watching the trailer, what? How is this following on from the first one, Andy? Just more I'm not of the sure same. it does. I mean, it looks like Christopher Robin is having some therapy and having a chat about it. And then before you know it, Evil Winnie the Pooh's tipping a caravan over. He's at some sort of disco having a, having a go at people. Is it a disco? He's what, chasing yeah. Well, like is a it... like a like a prom, like an end of term. I was going to say, is he maybe. is he at a pon is he at a pontins or something? Tipping over caravans, going he to is, the, he does. He might have been a pontins, and he's got a um, he's got a big <laughs> bear trap, which you think you'd be careful with being a bear. Like literally, you're the only person in the film that's designed to get. Be careful, Winnie. Um, yeah. but he's going around with a bear trap on a chain. He's wazzing it at people like he's a scorpion. He's doing all sorts of stuff. Jesus um, Christ. It looks like they got some more money behind this, Ben. Very silly. But you know what? Watch the first one. I feel like we're, we're invested now. More of yeah, everything yeah. forever is what we're getting. Yeah. I mean, it definitely does look like it's got a bigger budget, doesn't it? So maybe that's the that's the reason. I've heard that it's going to be linked to some sort of like cinematic universe. Apparently there's some stuff in the credits which show like a evil Peter Pan and an evil Pinocchio. They're working on both of those, aren't they? Yeah, why has everyone got to be yeah. evil? Just let everyone be nice. If there was just, if there was just <laughs> a nice um, one. If uh, I'll tell you what, of everybody, Winnie the Pooh is the one I think least likely to be evil. He's got like the most lovely demeanor, and he's got a funny little voice. Just like oh, bo- oh bother. <laughs> he should just. <laughs> he should just be helping them against actual murderers, like copyright free mickey mouse you could help them out with that the thing which confused me the most about the first one and it looks like the second one as well is that like even though it just looks like people in a mask they're still supposed to be like actual bears aren't they yeah he's or got clawy hands this time now as well oh yeah i see what did he have before i'd just be like what are you know, turn it in yeah i think there's a yeah. there's a there's a tigger and it looks like there's uh i guess an owl i want to see an evil eeyore turning up he always died. Remember, he was in the first one. He stabbed. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Spoilers for the, spoilers for the opening text. Did I... of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey? Everybody. <laughs> did I forget a key plot point of that? Everybody sorry. Uh... Did. He's dead. He died. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's got yeah, a cousin. It. You know, evil cousin or something that uh, turns up. Yeah. Hee-haw. Yeah. Hee-haw, yeah. That, that'd be great. <laughs> I'm sure, Andy. Whatever happens, we're going to end up watching this. So. Um, whether we cover it on a main episode or you just hear us talk about what we've been watching and we discuss it, I'm sure we'll cover yeah. it soon. 
it's probably necessary that we'll watch it, I guess. Yeah, completionist. You got any um, more news, Ben? Otherwise, I've got a couple of bits for you. Go for it, man. Go for yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so, do either of you watch um, Ratchet? Ratchet? Like, as in Nurse Ratchet? Oh, no, I've not seen that. What with. Um, no. What's her name? Uh, what is her name? I did. I wasn't prepared for any follow-up questions. You have to look that up. No, the answer is no. It's because of people like us that season two sadly mm. has been cancelled, which is a shame because I've heard it's very good. Oh. Have you got any good so news, that, Andy? Um. Well, my other bit was news was going to be horror <laughs> icon, rest in peace, Carl Weathers. Unfortunately, we oh, lose him this yeah. week. Oh, um, terrible another, news. Another horror icon. Everyone loves the memes of him arm wrestling God at the minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it does mm. bring it to mind, Ben, that We've done lots of those sci-fi horror movies of the eighties, but we've not done Predator. No, we've done no, we've not done Predator. And it's one of my favourites as well. So we've done The Predator, which was not very good. And we've I don't done, know why we did that we've one. We've done a double bill of AVP movies. We've done some AVP, yep, yep. But we never maybe original, original recipe. We Predator. need to maybe maybe it's worth a double though. Maybe a Predator one and two, little sitting. Oh, a lovely like time. I do like Predator too. Um, but yeah, obviously Carl Weathers passed away, star of Predator, star of Rocky, um, and star for Star Wars fans as well. He's in the Mandalorian like recently as yeah. well. Um Happy Gilmore, you may remember. Oh <laughs> my gosh, I, I love him in that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like brilliant. that must be that must be the first film I ever saw him in. It's gotta be. Because I don't okay. recognize him Predator until I was a little bit older. But um yeah, what a what a legend! And I think uh, what's the character's name? Is it Chubbs? I want to say Chubbs. Chubbs. Yeah, Chubbs. Peterson, <laughs> I, I think. Yeah. In Predator, his name is famously Dylan. Son yes. of a bitch. Dylan. And the, the most manly bitch. handshake in the history yes. of film. That's how yeah. me and Andy handshake every time we meet. Yeah, when we meet, <laughs> when we ever we whenever we go to a film festival, the first twenty minutes or so, just yeah. I go, You've been too busy pushing pencils, have you, Andy? <laughs> Not even pencils. I write with a keyboard. <laughs> Our biceps just growing shinier by the second. Um, that's all right. If you, if, in if, in if, sweaty jungles where we exclusively visit film festivals. Yeah. If you're wearing if you're wearing the braces, though, I just pull one and snap it back onto your nipple just to distract you. Yeah. Oh. It's okay. Yeah, for any, for anybody, up, for, up. Any, for anybody just listening, it's taken a while for me to mention it. Andy does have braces on today. It's a, it's a not, on my, not on my teeth. Just, just to hold my trousers up. <laughs> not on my teeth. Just to hold my trousers up. <laughs> exactly. He's he's dead against belts from now on. He's gone belts are for mugs. It's just for today, game. when I change into my jeans tomorrow, belts all the way. Um, two swiftly, more bits of swiftly news for move, you. Swiftly moving on, Andy says. Yeah. From from the fashion report, let's move on to uh, another bit of more positive news. Um. If you've been keeping track, keeping score of the films that we talked about at Fright Fest last year, I've not said it wrong and said Flight Fest for ages. Um, the seeding. Now, were you in this one, Ben, or were you elsewhere for this film? I didn't start. I, I watched it with Luke. Oh, the you mean? Do you, oh, you mean? Did I watch it? Yeah. Was I? Was I in it? Uh, no, you no, weren't I in did. The oh, I, I missed I this thought one. That's what Andy said. Yeah, I thought you. Yeah. think you've got a cameo in it. <laughs> Uh, I think I was watching Wreck Terror Without Pauls when you were watching uh, like this. That you were, but I recommend Ben and everybody else, Helen, anyone else, any third or fourth people mm. listening, 
Um, the seeding is out now uh, in US cinemas and VOD in the US. It is out over here in the UK um, on the 12th of Feb. So not long to wait. So mm. limited cinema release out on VOD at the same time. This is the one where a man out for a lovely hike in the desert, some bad boys uh, trap him down a big horrible hole. But he's trapped down there with a mysterious woman that he meets and they plan the way that they might try and live, maybe find a way out sometime in the future. Really good, amazing performances, amazing real locations that it's an incredibly psychological um, horror things that are going on in that one. Don't want to spoil anything else, but really liked it. One of the favourite films I saw at Fright Fest. Check it out. Give it a watch. Hell yeah. Isn't, and... isn't, isn't Punch out now as well? Punch is out now. That's right. Yeah, Punch yeah. is available on VOD as well now. And talking of Punch, uh, it, that will also be showing at Screams by the Sea in Bournemouth, which happens this Saturday, the 10th of February, um, at the Pavilion Dance Southwest. Obviously, if you listen to the bonus episode I did with the festival organiser, Raddy Nikolov, recently, you would have um, heard him talking all about that. But yeah, if you're in Bournemouth, if you're local to Bournemouth or around Bournemouth, go and check it out. There's like... I think five feature films being shown, a short film showcase, and if you missed Fright Fest last year, there's like three movies that shown that were shown at Fright Fest being shown at Screams by the Sea. So go and check it are out. There, are there any tickets available still, Ben? Is the link still live? If you're at a loose end this Saturday, everybody, and you're within yeah, driving yeah. distance of Bournemouth, get yourself down. Pretty sure tickets are still available. Definitely, we'll put the link in the show notes for that. Perfect. There we go. Anything else? And tell you what, the weather's not getting any better, so you know, treat yourself, get a lovely inside weekend planned. Enjoy treat yourself. A lovely indoor Saturday. Uh, is that it for horror news? Andy? That's it for horror news, unless you've got anything else. <clears throat> no, no, no. Uh, so what we've been watching, Helen, we'd usually just talk about anything we've watched in the last seven days, horror or horror adjacent, of course, because you're not on this show every week. It doesn't have to be the last seven days. Is there anything you'd recommend that you've seen recently at all? Yeah, I've been getting into uh, a thing on YouTube called Project Fear. I don't know if you guys have heard of it or uh, have you? maybe you might have heard of Destination Fear um, that used to be on the, uh, I think it's the Travel yeah. Channel. Um, it was, uh, what's the name of it? The Ghost Adventures guy uh, commissioned oh, yeah. these guys. So it's the uh, same kind of format you know you've got a group of friends who have their cameras and they go to haunted locations in America um, but the the big difference with these guys is that they maintain this whole like we're just going to film what we find and if nothing happens then nothing happens but we're going to hope that something does and um, without going into too much of a story there was a bit of a hoo-ha uh, in that um, they were suddenly their their show was suddenly cancelled, and uh, they've had to do a Kickstarter campaign to bring about this new show, and the new show is now called Project Fear. So uh, yeah, it's, oh, uh, wow. it's really good. That's I on YouTube it. now, is that correct? It is, yes. Oh wow, okay, nice. Um, is are like all is it like a weekly thing, or all episodes available like now? Uh, yeah, they. They drop episodes, I think, every month, something like that. And um, they do them in stints. So they recently did one where they went around all the old locations that they'd been on when they were in Destination Fear. And now oh, nice. they're okay. going through the, yeah, that now they're going through the Haunted House tour. 
so the the last one that I watched uh, a couple of days ago was The Conjuring House, uh, which oh, I don't know. Yeah. For any, yeah, for anyone that's, I, I mean, I assume you guys know this because obviously you're huge horror fans, but The Conjuring, the actual Conjuring House looks nothing like uh, the one that's in the film. Uh, and does it not? Okay. No, I know that. not at all. Oh, okay. No, and it's very, very different um, because I, so I watched The Conjuring film like most people did and, and just took that as gospel. That's what the house looked like in the family and uh, everything. Uh, and then watched the documentaries on it. Yeah, completely different and other uh, different experiences. It's very, very sad house with some of the stuff that's gone on mm. in it. But um, okay. yeah. Oh, that sounds really interesting. I think we have to keep an eye on Ben while we're talking about the, the film of the week. He might be on his way watching that if we don't keep him engaged. <laughs> I can see the little wheels turn. They said they'll be well, announced as guests my, before the week is out. My my wheels were turning for that, but it also got me, it reminded me that there is, it, I completely forgot this was happening. Sorry to jump in. Uh, but there's an, um, a thing called Amityville, the origin story or an origin story on BBC iPlayer now, a documentary. I'm not sure how many parts it is, but it's like the real life um, paranormal conspiracy, obviously linked to the Amityville um films uh, obviously the real life thing no amityville toilet or what else was it andy um, <laughs> there's, bong, there's dildo that. there's yeah, dollhouse yeah, yeah. there's all sorts basically a, if you type the world amityville in there there's a film about it yeah um oh, okay. it's a four it's a four-parter on bbc iplayer just reminded me of that when you were talking about um project fear helen and made me go and just make a mental note of it because i did want to watch that so sorry yeah, definitely. It's it'd be something I would those. watch as well. Yeah, so yeah, cheers for that. Yeah, anything, anything, anything else at all, Helen, for this week or? Oh, what else have I been? I'm just trying to think if it's anything. I know you said it didn't necessarily have to be horror related. You talked about um, Book Rogers two yeah. weeks ago. Knock yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I'm just trying to think. Um. I'm terrible in the sense that I I'm like. I've been trying for ages to watch series on Netflix. I still haven't got around to things like Wednesday, for example, which has been on there, yeah. what, now a year? It's been on yeah. there quite a long time, hasn't it? Yeah, same. And, if um, not all three of us have watched it, it's going to get cancelled. Be careful. It's going to be oh. Nurse Ratchet all over again. Oh, God. <laughs> i got to get it before it goes, I know. But So this this is very random. But um, on Netflix, uh, as a, a way of chilling out before I go to sleep, there is something called Pokemon Concierge. Oh, no, I've heard of this, yeah. Have you heard yeah. of it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah, goodness, yeah. me. Horror adjacent approved. They're a ghost Pokemon. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and psychic ones. Uh, but yes, it's a little, um, for, for obviously, if you don't know it, it's uh, like a little stop motion Japanese made um, production oh, wow. about Pokemon that live on a little island and people can go to the island and spend time with the Pokemon. It's very cute. It's only 20 minutes Sweet. long um it i think it's aimed at children but the way that this cartoon is done it, it does appeal to adults as well there are a few bits in it okay. where you can have more adult sense of humor so uh, so there yeah. you go everyone as well if that you watch lovely. something that's too spooky if you think you know you've been listening you've been watching along with the last few episodes with us and you think that your mom and dad are going to shunt you like in society or you think oh, gabriel burns going to try and shag you to death like in today's film <laughs> Um, yeah, have a little bit of relax, take the edge <laughs> off, watch a bit of watch a bit of Pokemon concert. Yeah, lovely. You've got to do it sometimes, so you've got to. <laughs> Amazing, uh, Andy. Anything you've seen that you want to talk about? Tell you what, Ben, I'm going to chuck a couple at you. 
coming at you. Right, so uh, I finished Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Seems, oh, seems a lovely bit of Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tell you what, it's some good Godzilla. Um, you know, some really nice character work, you know, seeing the two different time periods, so the you know, you've got your period in sort of the 60s where they're first setting up Monarch, the monster hunting company, and you see the origins that build up this mysterious organization that we've seen throughout the films. And then you've got the modern day stuff, like in the wake of, I think, time period wise, it's set, um, at least to begin with, as the series begins, after Godzilla has happened, but before Godzilla King of the Monsters, where there's all of the sorts of monsters about. Um, and it and it follows through. It's really, really character driven. Uh, obviously, Godzilla's are very expensive to put on screen, so they use them sparingly. The monsters, um, the character works really good, and I did enjoy it. He says with his tone changing ever so slightly. I've been spoiled by Godzilla by how much I loved minus one. Um, yeah, I can't. I you can't have been be reading as about it. Can't be as excited about how because of how impactful that that film wasn't how much I enjoyed it. It's still really good, but it couldn't reach the emotional heights of the of the latest film for me. But I'm still excited for Godzilla X Kong. That's fine. Um, when is, so that when was is that. Godzilla X Kong? Is that May? Yeah, it's certainly this year, right? So I bet it'll be a big summer one, right? It big summer blockbuster. Yeah, sounds think, about right, isn't it? Mm. Um, I got another couple of little bits for you. One, I certainly can't let it pass. Um, recording schedules didn't work out for us last week, so I couldn't join you and Daniel, to talk about House of the Dead and House of the Dead 2. But I ain't watching those bad boys and not getting some content out of it. What a time, Ben. I mean, you were kind enough to read my my review in text, but the sequel did hold up better. At least it felt like it was related to the games. It was a low-budget thing. And obviously we met um, the director of of the second one. So we met uh, Michael. I was like halfway through. Um, Michael Hurst, halfway through. Michael Hurst, that's it. Halfway through the second one, and uh, before I realised, yeah. And it was a real insight meeting Michael, right? So, like, obviously, as a filmmaker who's worked on a lot of IP things for studios that want to capitalise on the popularity of a thing, I think Michael had a really good, honest conversation. You can hear our interview with him when we were when we spoke to him at Fright Fest last year. Yeah, um, you know. I think he was quite open in the fact that sometimes there's an IP movie and a you know someone owns the rights to it and they're going to put it out and said for him as a writer director he would be given such a minimal amount of time and a really really tight brief Helen it's a bit like yeah. you and your 48 hour film challenges it's basically this is the IP this is the stuff you want you to put it in we don't actually care that much about how this comes out you've got a day bring me something on Monday because we're going to start filming oh wow sometimes he gets more time than that but yeah he it was an incredibly insightful discussion with him about things he actually has put together over his career because the film of his yeah. we were watching at uh, Frightfest was one that he actually had made himself, which is a very different process because mm. he crafted every single piece of it and he really cared about all the things that put together and it was his own money, his own budget. So it's a very different um, approach. House there too, I thought was all right. It's silly, it's cheesy, it's funny, but it fits into the feeling of the of the of the arcade game that's what it, it feels like an arcade game that you made a film the first one was mm. almost inscrutable and my i stand by my comments that i made last week that either i didn't get it and it's the most highbrow piece of cinema i've ever watched or is absolute shite one or the other um <laughs> but 
We'll find out. But yeah, having having got my money's worth from the couple of hours I spent with those, um, I finished off the other Return of the Living Dead sequel I hadn't seen yet. Return of the Living Dead Necropolis. Um, If you're following along Return of the Living Dead, this one's also a bit silly. I would say its quality sits somewhere between House of the Dead 1 and 2. It's no Return of the Living Dead Part 3, the greatest zombie movie I've possibly ever seen. Um, (laughs) Moving swiftly on, I watched Sister Death, which is a Spanish horror film. It was one of the darlings of last year. Um, It is a prequel of sorts in character relations to... Have you seen Veronica? Oh, yeah. A possession Uh, movie of a few years ago. I've not seen that, but I do know what it is. Sorry. In Veronica, there is an old nun who you meet at the beginning... And the girls at the boarding school go, oh, uh, she's like Sister Death because she's a scary old lady. She ain't nasty, though. She's nice. She's just, you know, an old lady that people are scared of because she's got funny eyes. And it's the story. Ben, you'd like it because it's a bit of a spooky nun and it is actually an origin story and explains exactly where she comes from. It isn't that she always just was. An actual origin story? Sign me up. Yeah, so you can actually, you can watch that. It's good. Um... Yeah, it's available on it's on Netflix right now. You can watch it if you like subs, if you like dubs, you can watch either of those. It's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, I also watched another couple for you. I watched Bodies, which got some promotion at oh. the end of last year on Netflix. Have you seen it, Helen? Wonderful. I have. Yeah. Bodies was great, wasn't it? It is. Have you I'll seen tell... this, Ben? Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. Tell me about it. Oh, Ben, seriously. It's oh, it's I... a Netflix limited series. It's based on a graphic novel, um, and it's about mm. um, a body that turns up in four different time periods: Victorian yeah. London, World War Two London, oh, modern day London, and London in the world of tomorrow. It's got sci-fi. It's got some cheeky little bit of time travel in there. It's got That's murder investigation, police procedural. It's got um, what's your chops? This is Englandman. Um, Stephen Graham. Whose name is Stephen Graham. That's it. Stephen Graham doing what Stephen Graham does uh, best, being like a slightly like intimidating man, even when he's just talking to you. Um, It's good. It's really good. The characters are incredibly well written as well. It's the kind of thing where you could almost... um, some people would pick their favourites from the time periods and say, oh, you know, I much prefer the World War to bit to the Victorian era but actually as the series goes on you start suddenly loving the modern character more or you mm-hmm. go back to the Victorian one and say oh wow he's incredible they, they yeah it's the writing okay. is top notch yeah amazing really really good think... highly recommended and uh, you know Ben I don't look about I wouldn't lightly recommend eight hours of television to you it's not like yeah. a 90 minute it's not like a house of the dead where like what what have you lost You've made a cup of tea, it's barely gone cold. I've lost everything. But eight hours is a lot. But um, I'd recommend it. It's worth it's worth checking out. Um yeah. I watched poor things, but you've already talked about that to great to great degree. Um I went with my wife who said the book is much better because she just finished it, so now I'm starting the book. Oh yeah, I do want to check out the um, book as well, actually. Yeah. The last thing I will talk about today, give another couple of things, but let's let's crack on. I do want to talk about though, recent release on Shudder, as we're here. Alex Winter himself in Destroy All Neighbours. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I caught up it? Destroy All Neighbours. Yeah, a little bit of a, 
little bit of a horror comedy. It has um, Jonah Ray, who has been the latest host on Mystery Science Theatre, um, you know, where he sits with his robot friends and talks over bad horror movies. That's what he's a he's a fun comedic actor. Uh, Alex Winter plays the titular neighbor that must be destroyed. Um, it's a fun, schlocky, gory horror comedy. If you like things like Dave Made a Maze, um, really, I would recommend this to you. It's funny. It's over the top. Nothing too serious, but at the same time. It's got some. It's got some gore in it. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It definitely leans more into the comedy side of things. So if you've seen, I don't know, other examples more recently, sorry about the demon, that sort of thing. Sorry about the demon. My best friend's exorcism. That sort of horror. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But Interesting. it's fun. It's fun. It's gory. It's a good laugh. Awesome. I'll watch that. I love Alex. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I've I've got it on the, I've got it on the list to watch this this month anyway. So yeah, most definitely. Anything else, Andy? There you go. That is me done. Watched a couple of other things, but my main complaint about them is they weren't remarkable, so I shan't even remark on them. Shan't. Shan't. Um, I've just got one or two things to mention. Um, So this week, I have watched both of the making of The Last of Us game documentaries, Grounded and Grounded 2. Uh, Grounded 2 only just came out a couple of days ago, The Making of The Last of Us Part 2, and it's like, it's pretty fascinating. I think the first one it's, it's over it's like it obviously it's about when they get the original game was made in 2013 so it feels a little it feels a little bit dated the second one feels very relevant in terms of like um the game studio in terms of uh covid how it affected them crunch how certain characters and 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 uh story decisions were received by the public and obviously bad were received badly by the public um i say fans but obviously probably not really fans just dickheads uh it's really fascinating if you're interested in how i i love how things like this are made and we talk about the um the tv show a little bit as well and it ends on a very very interesting note that the last of us part three is most definitely a possibility so very excited um very excited about that so yeah so both documentaries are on youtube now the second documentary is like two hours long so you get absolutely loads of content for not part. long enough for you then i know you like a long documentary it's way not definitely not long enough for me but you know two hours will yeah. do um and I watched uh, I watched a film, and it just so happened that there were a few similarities between this film and the film of the week, Gothic. I watched Castle Freak, uh, Stuart Gordon directed, starring Ooh, Jeffrey Coombs, Barbara good, Crampton. It? it is good, yeah. And I say like obviously some similarities, mainly the fact that they're in a big house slash castle. I don't think the cast, the titular castle of Castle Freak, is really even a castle. They're very rare. There aren't really that many shots where I go. Oh yeah, just castle, a big house freak. Just a big old house freak. Um, oh, I feel yeah. bad for I feel bad for the dad in Castle Freak though. It's just oh yeah, definitely pissed off, having a bad time being married. He thinks he to himself, take... yeah, he thinks to himself. I tell you what, just going to not not judging anyone, Ben, because I'm just going to employ the services of a sex worker. Don't be sex negative, Ben. I know what you're like, but <laughs> he's um he thinks I just input. Of all the things, you know, you think, you know, it's illegal. You think you might get in a spot of bother. You think your wife, Barbara Crampton, might find out and she might tell you off. Don't think a castle freak's going to get her, do you? No. You don't and think then implicate you in a murder. Poor Stuart Gordon. I'm going to employ the services of a sex worker, but make sure that the, 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 the deed goes down in a dusty old wine cellar. 
full of Dusty broken old wine glass. cellar where she can get slurped off by a monster. Slurped off by a castle freak. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, of, of all the Stuart Gordon movies, I've seen quite a lot of them now. I still need to see Dolls. Um, oh, Dolls is so good. Yeah, I, I still think need that's... to see Dolls. Yeah. I think that's next been, on the Andy's list. Andy's been telling me about it. Dolls is so good. <laughs> <laughs> that's go. definitely next on the list. But the uh, the 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 practical effects in Castle Freak are great. Um, and you know, I'm kind of glad that we. Well, I don't want to spoil anything. Definitely go and check out. That is on Shudder as well. If you want to, if you want to hunt that down, hundred percent. Both of them on Shudder, old and new. I think they are right, or they were last time I checked. Uh, what's so the new a, one? There's a more modern remake, like two thousand ish, two thousand four, five. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Earlier, later. Bloody hell! I've never, I've never, I didn't even know about that. But there we go, a reboot of the film with the same name. It is a, it's an adaptation of a H.P. Lovecraft story as well called uh, The Outsider and the Dunwich Horror. Apparently, like a bit, bit of both, two, two elements of both. Uh, yeah, check it out. That's it, though. That's all I've seen. Yeah. Give me a little wink to something future, just because I want to show you, Ben, that I do listen when I'm not here. Um, I listened to you chatting to Daniel last week. Took a little recommendation. I tell you what, you think that the film recommendations go do Lally when we're on here. Someone with a depth of knowledge on horror games that Daniel has. And I think you're yeah. a font of this stuff, Ben, already, without okay. someone making a documentary on horror games. But Daniel was rattling off titles that were going on that wish list yeah, all and I sundry. Um, I started Decarnation, the one he talked about, which was a body horror. Like, I mean, it plays right now. I'm, I'm a little way into it. It's playing like um, mostly like a like a visual novel so far. There's yeah. been a few a few nods to rhythm gaming and a little bit of like not heavy action, but a bit of like stealth puzzling so far. But primarily, it's just a, a body horror in like a slightly above 16-bit like um, light palleting. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Really, really compelling stuff already. And um, I know it's on Steam, but it's also on the Switch, and it's like a fiver. So brilliant. Really enjoying it so far. I'll report back when I get to the end. It's good. Amazing. Sounds amazing, man. Absolutely. Um, getting stuck in apart I was from doing that the sa- though just the film of the week I was doing the same I was adding loads of things to the wish list after that but yeah um, apart from that it is the film of the week which is Gothic which we all saw we all saw this week um, and that is a 1986 British psychological horror film directed by Ken Russell starring uh, Gabrielle Byrne uh, Julian Sands Natasha Richardson Miriam Sear and Timothy Spall in a corset <laughs> especially don't forget that um and the plot concerns the shelleys visit lord byron and compete to write a horror story is that like i wouldn't say that's necessarily the the plot i would is it a co- do anything to... but writing horror stories yeah, oh, yeah. okay so we'll say the shelleys what are we saying the shelleys visit lord byron and take a load of drugs and have a big waking nightmare about loads of horrible stuff while like yeah, yeah. that's pretty much it, isn't it? Um I mean in terms of rating, sorry Andy. That's no, sorry, you go well I'll talk I about the history in just a moment. Five point seven out of ten on IMDB, sixty percent Rotten Tomatoes audience score, forty nine percent critic score, three point two on Letterboxd, and some choice reviews from Letterboxd. 
Patrick Pryor says, Damn, I hate being the only sober person at the liquid opium party where a bunch of English libertines scare each other berserk with ghost stories. I feel you, Patrick Pryor. I feel you. We've all been there. Two and a half stars. Justin La Liberty says, Leave it to Ken Russell to add a suit of armor with an engorged phallus to a Lord Byron biopic. Four stars. I reckon that's the first thing he wrote down. Lord Byron biopic. Massive suit of armor knob. Uh, Mushy, <laughs> yeah. Mushy, that's four stars from Justin La Liberty. Mushy Minion says 19th century li- literature really was all sex, drugs, and phantasmagoria. Three stars. And then Horror Brain says goofy and excessively horny lit nerd fanfic movie about the famous summer of 1816 at Lord Byron's estate that ended up birthing Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Four stars. This yeah. has been a lovely. This has been a lovely trip. I really fancy writing a Frankenstein now. Uh, so there we go. That those um, are the ratings. Do they seem fair. They're quite um, diverse. I'll give them that. They are. <laughs> I, I usually try and find a nice cross section of of reviews, um, and I think I got one. Yeah, that was I a think, nice, yeah. lovely little cross section, Ben. And reading into it as well, I think what struck me about this movie, I didn't know anything about it coming in, so I did not know because I on purpose didn't read anything at Helen's advice like just just go watch it and only when I saw people only when I heard people's names that I realized oh this is based on this is based on history and I this is just a throwaway comment I heard in another podcast about I think it's fairly well-known bit of trivia that this was a I mean when I was first told it, it was like oh it was a writer's weekend retreat and they're all stuck away stuck in the house on the holidays they all did a they all did a story writing challenge and I think that's what's typically comes out that's where mary shelley wrote um frankenstein i then heard in a podcast more recently shout out to who spooky that again they spent a lot of time or she spent a lot of time writing that because she was trying to avoid lord byron trying to like talk them into oh. having a threesome the whole weekend while they're <laughs> stuck inside the i house. can't have a threesome i'm writing frankenstein leave me alone yeah look, but <laughs> i'm not having it my word count so I, I mean i would but i did say i was I, gonna we, we you're just trying to get me to lose this game. So no, no, I know you are. We're finishing this book ever. So thanks thanks so much. Um, yeah, but this is <laughs> obviously hearing this story and these things, because this famously took place in the ominously named Year Without a Summer. Um, the year it took place, what, 1815? Something along those lines. Um, a volcano eruption on the other side of the world basically meant in Europe there was absolute dog shit summer worse than the ones we have now even where it was the clouds of ash meant that it wasn't really hot crops failed and it was bloody rainy and stormy the whole time so these folks on lake geneva really did have instead of having a lovely summer holiday doing outdoor activities like croquet bit of punting other things that folks like i might like to do stuck in the house in the rain so they wrote some stories but i did not know how many seances and drinking morphine they did? Yeah, it was drinking a little I bit of morphine. It, I was going to say, was it laudanum? No, sorry, Lovey. I was Lord just going to say, I think it was laudanum because there was because that was one of the things when I first watched the film, and um, they've they've got those massive, uh, beautiful um, bottles of, of what looks like red wine, and I thought, oh, yeah. you know, obviously into Lovely their carafe. Wine. 
<laughs> no, that that's the laudanum, and they're literally swigging it back like, uh, yeah, like wine. So, uh, can you imagine how off their tits they must have been? Yeah, I couldn't yeah. believe that. I just thought it looked like a cheap rose. Mm. They've it gone did. into they've gone into the wine aisle. They found the cheapest possible three pound wine, three pound wine in Tesco, and they've gone. Let's have this. No opium wine. Oh, there you go. If you're mixing at home, uh, so laudanum is a tincture of opium containing approximately 10% powdered opium by weight, uh, which is the equivalent of 1% morphine. So, you know, just, you know, if you're looking at what the spectrum on your addictive painkillers and opioids are like, that's where it sits. <laughs> wow. I love that you've uh, you've gone and found that out because <laughs> this is the extra little bit of detail. Oh, that's right. It's in, in yeah. my favourite. It's easy to come by. <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just pull up my search history <laughs> yeah yeah so, i mean it, it is a ride this film it's a it is a ride that's one way of describing it uh fever dream you described it helen very much so yeah mm. weird um, just weird and one that sticks in mean, before we go into plot um should we talk about some of our some of our cast members i mean let's start with Shelley himself, like himself rather than herself. So uh, Julian Sands, I feel since his death just last year, um, it's kind of thrust him into more of our attention in the podcast. We've covered quite a few of his films recently. We had touched yeah. on him on The Ghosts of Monday prior to his passing, but then in the last 12 months, we've talked about him in Arachnophobia. I caught him in two um, Warlock films, incredible, um yeah and he's been like i think we've sort of had a bit of a journey this year of picking up more of the films that that he's in that maybe had passed us by for all these years yeah yeah most definitely he's uh that's a great role for him and i mean as i said i i still need to catch warlock and obviously i know him from various things he was in the society documentary i watched recently and of course arachnophobia but but yeah and obviously for someone like gabriel byrne who obviously has made his name in more modern horror movie with hereditary as well um yeah and natasha natasha richardson has she been in much horror i don't think so natasha not, not so much horror no. no 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 i wasn't thinking thinking that i was thinking of i think i'm thinking of jolie richardson is that is she related yeah they're sisters aren't they sisters yeah yeah that's right yeah incredibly familiar the one thing I was uh, just going to mention about Julian Sands, uh, because of, as you say, he's get, getting more of an interest. But I think when he did this film, I think I'm right, that he was just off the back of the really popular film that he was in. Was that Room with the, a View? I think or he so, was in, I think he was in like a Or was it a Wings of the Dove or something like that? It was like, I can't remember the exact title, but I know it was one of those films that had got a lot of hype and uh, a lot of Oscar attention. So Julian Sands is kind of your, uh, well, I guess you'd say he's he's um, the next biggest actor after Gabriel Byrne in this yeah. one. And you were right, Helen, nailed it first time. It was Room With A View. It was Room With A View, excellent. Yeah, Room With A View, he's also in Naked Lunch, which we've not seen or covered, but yeah. Amazing. I think um, props though as well to that. Oh, sorry, sorry, Ben. No, no, go on, Helen. After you, I, I was just gonna, <laughs> I was just gonna say that uh, I think um, props to Miriam Sir. I think is how you pronounce her surname. Yeah, 
never seen her in anything else and yet she was the one person i could not take my eyes off in yeah. this film she's not been in much at all so i've kind of i've looked and she's been in six feature films including species 2 um, yeah. and yeah. frankenstein and me probably just two other frankenstein frankenstein and bound she is so frankenstein and bound as well she can't get away from frankenstein significant percentage of her film output is all frankenstein related yeah 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 she she was great like she had a really um intense look didn't she mm. yeah very she opened her eyes real massive reminded me a little bit i can't do it <laughs> Feruza bulk a little bit can. a little bit Feruza bulk i was kind of thinking and also samantha morton the intensity okay, i can see a that a little bit i kind of was getting a little bit of both of that from her because again another actress i'm like who is that i recognize that person but no i, I definitely haven't seen her in anything else um so yeah very very intense performance but it's in a very intense film isn't it um so where do where do we begin in terms of in terms of plot wise uh everybody just again, turns up some... to lord byron's house yeah before but... he turns before they turn up there there's just people on the other side because it's set in lake geneva um little yeah. island in the middle so lord byron has his holiday home but it begins with a load of other people their hobby is having a lovely sit on the lawn and having a peep at his house through the telescope as part of their holiday <laughs> tour saying now if you just look over here you'll boys. see lord byron's house and it's so strange i mean you mentioned it in one of the reviews ben that people you know they, they think about like literary literary libertines back then or effectively they appear to be like the rock stars of their time it's like you see this keith richards over there absolutely <laughs> off his nut on all this all this coke and the scandal. Alice Cooper once did all this. Like, these aren't rock and roll. This was an 1800s poet. And he's like, this guy on this island, he's fucked up. He is. He writes poems, drive you mad soon as read him. He's, he's like a huge controversial rock star. And he's basically been exiled from England because of shame, sitting in baths with too many leeches and being too off his tits <laughs> on Lordnum all the time. And he's had to basically go on like a retreat and he's become like a recluse and obviously he's fabulously wealthy he has a huge house over there and the people are just having a peep through the old spyglass to see what he's up to in his holiday home um very rude how dare yeah. you yeah um uh, but don't I worry mean, he's not he's not so fussed about it because he's got his mates coming over he's got his mates coming over how they get in there on a tiny little rowboat tiny little rowboat and julian sands is rowing it so fast that his sister-in-law can lean at the, across the front of it like she's a mermaid on the front of a pirate ship. Yeah. I mean, intense chaotic energy in this in this initial stage. Everybody always arriving. Shouting all. <laughs> always shouting, but also like uh, Percy. Percy Shelley, his name is Julian Sands, isn't it? Percy Shelley, Percy. yeah. Yes. He is like, he gets off the boat and just sprints towards the house and he's got like some fangirls after him as well, right? Fangirls after him, but thankfully some Dobermans come from nowhere and chase the them the mi fuck Mr. off. <laughs> Mr. Burns' dogs. Yeah, up. release the hounds. Release the hounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thankfully those dogs chase those grotty little kids over a wall. But, you know, and I guess you see the character of the people. So Percy Shelley, Julian Sands, is like, he's very free-spirited. He's sprinting about the place. Um Natasha Richardson playing Mary Shelley is a lot more reserved. She tries to get out of the mm. boat more carefully, whereas Claire, basically, oh, this is I don't know why she didn't just swim bloody over. Because 
you're inches from the water, you're inches from the land, but she gets out the boat, basically face plants in the water, is rolling about in the stuff. She's she's all over it. Um there, and she's obviously a, immediately free spirited. I guess say there's a continuity error actually, because she gets absolutely sopping wet from falling out of the boat, and then the next time you see her running after Shelley, she's completely dry again. Rise and I remember watching it again thinking. Oh, why does that bother me? But it does. Yeah. Must have run, run so, so fast. fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely sprinted. Yeah, exactly. Outran the the water. Um, yeah, they're mad. And I mean, let's talk on the subject of Percy Shelley for a moment here. Again, a little delve into the realms of history. I think you're led to believe that like um Byron is almost positioned as like a Frankenfurter style character in this one from the very beginning that he's, you know, he's got this house of debauchery that these people are coming to. And he's, you know, he's almost like a Count Dracula figure, like watching over them as they're about to arrive. And, you know, as he introduces lots of the things that happen, but Percy Shelley already from history had had some fucked up things happen to him. Like um, if you want to do some Googling people at home, um, about Shelley's ghost. So previously, so at this time in real in the real life, regardless of the fact of the film, um, he was this holiday that he went to was with his now recently wife that he eloped with, Mary now Shelley, um, when she uh, when she was nineteen and they they got married. He'd been married previously to someone else, and in eighteen eleven there is a story about Shelley. Don't know how much laudanum he was taken at this time, thinking a ghost or a man or some kind of thing broke into his house when he was on another outing. This was a time when he'd been, uh, his servants had got in trouble for posting his poems that were too controversial to local trees. Um, and <laughs> you're getting in all sorts of trouble about it. And then a spectral figure that he drew a picture of apparently appeared at the window and he had a gunfight with him. So Shelley had gone out and apparently he'd been shot wow. at and he'd shot back and there's all these stories. And then one morning there was like a little bullet hole in his nightshirt that was found. So there's stories of Shelley apparently getting into a gunfight with, by his recollections, a ghost um, years before this happened. So not one to cast dispersions on a young person who works in the arts character over a hundred years ago. Think he might have been up to a little bit of the laudanum many years before, so already quite an unstable character. Does Andy? Does it mention anything in the history books about narcolepsy with Percy Shelley? Because it's mentioned a not a, a lot in the film, but there are bits where his frenzied kind of um, behaviour, where he's running around all the time and he's wide-eyed and shaking and going out and trying to catch the lightning from the top of the roof. Oh, is, yeah. There's there's some um, he makes mention to the fact that he has to drink the laudanum because he can't um, he can't relax. But if he relaxes too much, he'll fall asleep and he falls asleep in random places. And then he yeah. can't remember how he's got there. And yeah, is that a thing? Did that come um, from the history? Not in the article that I read about uh, about this one, but it definitely tracks to some of his behaviors, some of his paranoias. Mm. It's like that song, isn't it? Why am I anxious? Is it all the is it all the laudanum you're taking? Yeah. <laughs> and the rest. It's, yeah. it's got it's got to be related somehow, isn't it? Yeah. 
sometimes you just need a bath to make sure you stay awake. Oh yeah, yeah. a bath. A bath at the end of like the weirdest long room. <laughs> like you got to walk like half a mile to get to the bath. I feel yeah. like um, former guest Emily Stewart would be a big fan of that bathroom. Big Swan Taps. <laughs> Hell yeah. Who wouldn't be? I sure would be. Um, so yeah. how much is this rooted in reality then? Is it just the situation and who was there? Um, and the re- a lot of it is kind of fictionalized. The, the holiday really happened. The Certainly the four characters, including Timothy Spall's Doctor character, were all there at this party. Um, some of the interactions, uh, apparently reading for a lovely article at history.com. You can find it on there. Um you know, apparently Mary Shelley was hounded by the doctor who was quite obsessed with her over the over the course of the weekend they were over there. Um oh, okay. The other lady whose name uh Claire, she really was uh pregnant with Lord Byron's child. Uh that that is a thing that really happened. Um so lots wow. of the things happen. Obviously, I didn't read anything about skulls or seances or other things uh, along uh, of those nature but they did read to each other scary stories because they were basically stuck in the house and there is, went into their own. I was going to say there is something to do with a skull which is true where Byron had a goblet made out of uh, um, so that the cup part effectively was the upturned skull um, missing the lower jaw and uh, and he wow. used to drink out of and it was a the the rumor was it was a real person's skull. Yeah. Wow. There you go. Mm. Intense. What would be the best drink to have out of a skull? The best. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Uh, I really want to think of a pun, and I can't think of one. <laughs> blood orange juice. Yeah, um, something bloody Mary. I don't know. A bloody Mary. Bloody Mary with a lovely stick of celery sticking out. <laughs> stick of celery out the eye. <laughs> classy. Absolutely. Maybe you put your straw in nose hole. WKD blue. I reckon that'd be the classiest one yeah. to do. Lovely blue wicked. <laughs> oh, you know what would probably be good? You want, especially, you know, this is film, this is cinema. Tango Ice Blast. Oh. Get a nice. Uh... Both colours. You can put the, the red in one eye and the, and the blue in the other. <laughs> You get a nice brain freeze as well. Brain? Lovely. You see? Perfect. Tango oh, Ice Blast. Brilliant. You've solved it. Best answer. Move on. <laughs> Move on now. I've had, oh, I've got a brain freeze drinking out my skull. Yeah. Happens to the best of us. Um, but just say, saying about the history quickly, um, that they, what I like about this film is that they do pepper it with things that are true. And when you go back and you do read about uh, things, but they don't, they don't necessarily tell you why. So, for example, uh, you know the bit where uh, Lord Byron has sex with his servant and she's wearing the mask um, mm. and he keeps mo- moaning, you know, Augusta, Augusta. Yeah. Um, that was his sister. He did actually have uh, an incestual relationship with his. I don't know if she was his half sister or full sister, but anyway, he was obsessed with her. And they were kept apart because their relationship was discovered. But so I didn't having know sex, that. You would keep them apart, wouldn't you? Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, you know, it's, it was a different time. Or a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I tell but, you what, people in the past. I mean, pastos. people today can talk, but pastos were proper wrongans, weren't they? 
<laughs> Most definitely. It's all just a bit weird. Yeah, a bit weird. But it's just like it feels like a, a story like of ex- <laughs> of excess, really, isn't it? Like they've got so much at their hands to it's all like drugs and sex and yeah, all that stuff. If Byron right? was around today, be like, correct correctness, God couldn't say it nowadays, could you? Well, couldn't say it, it'd ra- be silenced. If it's rainy outside in these days, you just chill out, wouldn't you? Stick Netflix on. Sit next to Wouldn't have sex with your half sister at all. What am I going to do? Have sex with my half sister? Everyone gather around a book. Three people <laughs> gathered around a book. Come on, what could that book be? They took. They talk about that book that they get. I've got this little book of ghost stories. Like it's absolute. Like it's an absolute bonanza. In a way, <laughs> yeah. I'm a bit jealous because <laughs> he brings it out after the massive conical flask of, of opioids. Yeah. He's like, right, you know what to make liquid this, morphine. Uh, have, a, have, a, have, a, have a shot of liquid morphine. It's like your mate who's got a bottle of 2020. And he's like, right, let's, sorry for American listeners, 2020 is a uh, drink that you would buy as a teenager in the UK, which is, I think, about 20% alcoholic proof. So kind of like my first spirit for babies. And then for you... Babies. You, <laughs> we mentioned WKD Blue mere seconds ago, and then we and then we mentioned 2020. 2020. Jesus. 2020. That's before you're ready to move on to aftershock. So, um, yeah, Ooh. you know, you're sit on a you're sit on a park bench or a fence, um, and or a children's play park in in a dark evening. There's yobbos and have a couple of glasses of that, wouldn't you? Um, so yeah, after he's bought out his his 1800s 2020. And they're already off the tits. That's when he comes up second time. Goes, he'd say what? You thought the addictive substances, mind-altering drugs, were were, were what's going to get you off today? But a book of ghost stories there. And they're like, <laughs> 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 what? Ghost stories? I'm absolutely gagging for a ghost story. Go on. Is it? it oh work. wait. Hang on, is the ghost story before or after the orgy? I can't remember because let's face it, it's, you know, it's the... before. I think is it before? I think yeah. I think he has There's a ghost no going story. Back. There's Before no going back from the orgy. Story. You can't have an orgy and then go just chill out and have a few ghost stories after that. No, one, one step too far there. And when we get to the and when we get to the actual orgy bit, you can see which actor had the strictest agent because you've got Gabriel Byrne. They're being they're being noshed off by Claire getting a proper gobby on. He's sort of stroking he's sort of stroking Julian Sands's back while he is so say having. Sex with uh, sex with Mary Shelley, who's getting her bare leg stroked, but otherwise is entirely fully clothed and is just lying there saying, "Ah, yes." <laughs> <laughs> that's, maybe that's what she's into, you know. Being so my, uh, clothed. <laughs> she's a never nude. <clears throat> she's a never nude, you know. We've we've all been there. Um, uh, yeah, there's no going back after you, after an orgy. There's no going back to the ghost stories. That is merely an amuse bouche. <laughs> Um, Especially old, old spare wheel Timothy uh, Timothy Spall while they're having the big orgies, just like sat on the bed like a spare piece of lettuce. He is, isn't he? <laughs> he is though, isn't he? Constantly the one, like the old one out in this film. He's always the one that's either, like you say, sitting to the side or he's being ridiculed. Um, yeah. <laughs> wearing the corset. I don't think I see anyone else wear a corset except for him. So yeah. Do you reckon it wasn't ever expressly like said that he wasn't joining in the orgy? Do you reckon he just went to the toilet at the wrong time? Oh, you'd be good, wouldn't you? You'd be good. Just trying to it's like, oh, oh, oh you've all started. In. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, you've all started. Slowly I'll, creep I'll, in I'll in sit over here. 
Yeah, he's trying to like work out an angle. He's like, could I just? I mean, excuse, excuse me. Can I just? Oh, I tell you what. I'll, I'll deal with me at the next one. All right, deal with me at the next one. <laughs> Louis Faroo with his wry smile at the orgy. Just. <laughs> oh no. I'm here for this orgy. Yeah, I've, I've turned up for the orgy. And... When's it start? Started. Oh shit. Oh. <laughs> Bloody hell. So, so, sorry, it's like a game of bowling. Like we're on the second frame now. We can't really put you in until. Until the yeah, new game to, started. You have to wait till it's finished. And then, by the time we finished, everyone's probably just had enough. <laughs> I did yeah, keep saying, during, during this film, I did keep saying, why don't you just go to bed? For God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> just You've go had to bed. You've had enough. Like The more you stay awake, the more mad shit is happening. So just get yourself <laughs> off to bed. Because you're going to wake up... Until feel... you... You're going to wake up the next morning full of regret. The way everyone wakes up in this morning, the next morning in this film makes me think, that ain't how it would go down. You'd have immediate beer fear, even though they've not been drinking. Well, they've not been drinking beer. It's an opiate fear. You'd have what on earth did I do last night? It's just it's too much. What they do? Go to bed what's for the... like an hour, hour and a half. What, what, what's the what is the uh, the drug orgy equivalent of beer fear? Oh, I think a proper case of meth breath. Um... Meth breath. <laughs> uh, opiate. Uh, opiate. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. the opiate shakes. Uh, I don't know, something like um, that. Now, there's bound to be the equivalent. Obviously, I've never, I've never take you, take you more than a glass of lemon tea to make you feel better. Um, oh hell! But yeah, yeah it's it's a it's a proper bonanza. But I mean, all of this unfolds fairly quickly when they first arrive. Um, Gabriel Byrne introduces them all to the Doctor, who is. I feel immediately creepy. Um, mm. And then says, right, let's get the... Pretty much he dishes up straight away the same way you might... He's getting the pre-drinks on straight away. Like he's popping the cork out of that flask. There's always one, don't there? There's and always got the shoes one. Off. It's, he's treating it like a stag do. He's literally like, what, what's the time? 1pm. <laughs> get on it. Come on. Get one of those yard of ales going on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute nutter. You hear the t- you, like literally they ring the doorbell and you hear the tinnies crack like it's like, oh there you go as soon as you step in he hands you yeah. on over. Apparently, um, uh, by oh sorry Ben I keep interrupting I, you. How, I'm so sorry. No no it's okay. Helen. Uh, how much of this is true then? Would you say obviously uh, as the as the person who's got all the all of the information about Lord Byron and you obviously went through a bit of an obsessive phase. Oh um, I did. What, yeah. Would you say a percentage of this was was true? I'd say uh, a good a about seventy to eighty percent of this film is true, but it's it's um, it as wow, I say, it, like I said, it, it was like an imagining of what they wanted the situation to be like, with lots of bits of truth sprinkled in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and yeah, I was just uh, going to say about Byron that apparently he. Um, I don't know where I, I read this, but he had a, quite a short attention span. He got, he just got bored very easily. So I don't yep. know if that's like how the film is therefore meant to be, because it does give you whiplash at times. The oh, yeah. the cuts are very sharp, and you know him changing his mind very quickly, going from being calm to being aggressive uh, to being sinister, yeah. Uh, yeah. is very apparently reflective of his demeanor. 
you couldn't chill out at this at this venue at venue <laughs> you couldn't chill out you'd be like i'm here for a lovely time and you'd be like lord byron god's sake you're giving me tonal whiplash let alone this film you imagine lord byron now the whatsapp group he's not in would be like oh i do like him but i'm not sure i can deal with him this weekend do we does it like it's just a quiet one yeah do, do you and mary just want to come round purse do you and mary just want to come round for a roast on sunday i'm not inviting byron it always gets messy byron. It always gets messy. He brings around a book of bloody ghost stories where everyone's going in, <laughs> losing their nuts. I feel like Byron is the mate you would have where, you know, some friends, they ring any time, day or night. You're always good to chat to them. Yeah. But certainly in the year I was growing up, you'd have certain friends, back when it was phone calls and people didn't text so much, you know, exclusively. Now I've paused answering any phone call at any time of day. But... Yeah, back in the days where it was a lot of phone calls, you wouldn't think twice about answering the phone. You've always got a couple of mates. If they ring you after about nine p.m. at night, you're like, "Fucking no. hell, this is bad news." Don't answer <laughs> it because if I answer yeah. it, they're on my doorstep in about an hour's time, and nothing and like nothing good is coming of this. Um, kind of people... Byron would be that. Byron would be that mate. It's like if he texts you after ten, fuck it, don't answer. Leave. Don't, don't even let him see that you've read it. Like <laughs> leave it unread. No. <laughs> the kind of person who texts you saying, Are "You busy." You and, you go, and then as a standoff begins where you go, I might be. Why? Depends what you're going to ask me, my friend. And oh, he's never got the same number, right just a random number or text. Yeah. And he's got another new phone because he's lost it. And it's oh, like, terrible. and he never, str- and he never strike. Oh, it's me, it's Lord Byron. I've got a new, I've got a new number. He'd be like, who do you think it is? Oh, fuck, this is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> who do you think it is then? You tell me. You tell me, mate. No, please don't do that. Lord Byron, everyone in eighteen hundreds, most exhausting friend. Um, 100%. no, let's be fair to Byron though. He has put on a lovely spread. Um, he's got yeah. the servants, he's got his menagerie, he's got the goats that he says to Mary Shelley. I never travel anywhere without my menagerie, my goat. My menagerie is just this one animal. I guess the two dogs you saw outside. Um. Oh, and some baboons that are at the end of the film. Oh, yeah, baboons. So, oh, <laughs> so those five animals. One goat, two Dobermans, two baboons. And the little homunculus guy, I guess. Maybe he's in the, maybe he's in the menagerie, maybe he's imaginary. One or the other. Um, yeah. But let's also be fair to him because he doesn't just go straight into laudanum and ghost stories and seances. He begins with a game of hide-and-seek. Because that's where it all starts going awry, really. He grabs Claire around the face and goes, scared. This is this erratic behavior, Helen, right? So mm. he, he says something that escalates because he's getting like he holds her head quite close to the fire. It is like quite a violent moment. He's like, scared, mm. are you? She she necks it out though. She's like, scared, are you? She goes, no. He goes, oh yeah, you're scared. He's like proper Robert Carlyle in train spot and getting right up in her face. Are you sure you're not scared? He's getting like angrier and angrier. I feel like his hair would be glowing at this point. And then after all, he's like, ah, yeah, all right, I was joking. I was scared. Yeah, it was I, a joke I was after all, right? I was, Funny I how. was just playing. I amuse you, do I? Funny how. That's what <laughs> yeah, yeah, so um, and then Claire kicks it off and like says, Tell you what. Only be scared if you fucking catch me, mate, and legs it off. Hide and seek. Hide and seek is on. I think she makes fun of his cloak, uh, uh, 
clove club foot i think that's that's what kicks it off is the because there's there's a lot of um symbolism in this film to do with god and the devil adam eve temptation snakes and the apples and yeah and he actually did byron had a club foot that he was immensely embarrassed about and oh. I think that's what kicks that bit off with the fireplace because she goes about, oh, let's see your, your devil's hoof. And, uh, and devil's then he, hoof. he, yeah, he retaliates by shoving her into the fire. Yeah, it's uh, okay, Byron. <laughs> Anything but the club oh. foot. Don't mention the club foot, for God's sake. <laughs> I think I've got a pretty good sense of humor about most things, actually, lads, but not the. Yeah, the not, the foot. Foot. not the foot. Not the foot. It's sensitive about that. For me, yeah. Yeah, so thankfully she does de-escalate it with a bit of with a bit of hide and seek. And that's where Mary Shelley, as you say, Helen, runs into a snake almost immediately. Another animal from the menagerie. So Yeah, there you go, snake. Keep yeah. score. Two Dobermans. Goat. <laughs> yeah. Two baboons at the end. Snake. Yeah. Right. Little homunculus, okay. possibly imaginary. Leeches. Six or seven. Leeches. Leeches. Yeah. Are leeches just one or is it just one leeches, or do you have to count each one individually? Uh, if you went to if you went to menagerie and it was over a hundred animals at the menagerie, and then ninety three of them were leeches, would you be pissed <laughs> off? Yeah, you'd be, ra- you'd be raging, wouldn't you? You'd be absolutely raging. <laughs> so, but, oh, uh, there's a thing on in Bristol City Centre today: hundred animals in a menagerie, ninety seven <laughs> leeches in small print in the bottom. Amazing. I'd love to see it. I wouldn't love to see it. And they're all attached worms. to a I'm just Sorry, I just thought worms as well. Oh, worms. yeah, worms. Worms in the... Worms Are we counting the all them? <laughs> yeah. Is, I'm going to give you food, one worms and one leeches. Worms yeah. in the food. Isn't that, no, it's the leeches he puts in the... Oh, yeah. Oh, basmati rice. So it's the leeches. That, that's the same ones. His oh, okay. reaction to leeches in the basmati rice is intense. Ah! <laughs> 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 I mean, it so is a shock. <laughs> so the two things that Lord Byron gets th- things like is really fed sense that don't mention his club foot and don't fucking spoil food with your practical jokes. I mean, you can have all the fun in your world, but <laughs> <laughs> if you scream, come and scream at a stupid leeches, then <laughs> in my first batty rice. Oh, I don't like naan. I'm trying to cut gluten, gluten intolerant. I need the right only rice or nothing. <laughs> oh, um, so yeah, hide and seek. Um, Mary Shelley runs into a snake, and we're all over the place in this one because I think as this as it becomes clear, it is quite a dreamlike only Jalo movies that I've seen that have done the same sort of non-linear dreamlike quality that these things follow through because there are yeah fairly rapid cuts and like almost physical impossibilities because during this game of hide and seek claire has run into what is a base there's some rats in the basement another animal yep um so there are some rats like strategically placed rats like all standing on top of barrels as if placed by there's like what there's like one one each on a barrel and then the most chilled rats ever you know whatever's going down they never seem bothered just it feels like I want to. I want to see what these rats have been doing to be so strategically placed. Like, right, all stand on one barrel each, lads. Um, so Claire runs down and has a look at the rats, but then Lord Byron has just 
teleported down to the basement like Dungeon Master and just steps out and gives her a big old snog. And the yeah. orgy begins. Yeah, and it's again, it's that sort of like um, the weird kind of way that he is with that suddenly everything's forgiven and he's gone back to, oh, you're interesting me again now so I'm going to be yeah. loving towards you but you're right yeah I never thought of that but you how did he get from that room all the way down to the bottom hmm yeah. hidden doors yeah or fireman's pole slid slid the way down there and Lord Byron in several of these films most of his solution to any confrontation is to try and snog literally whoever it is that he's having a confrontation with people in the 1800s who worked in customer service would have been <laughs> so annoyed. You see him come in, you take your break, wouldn't you? You would. You really. I want would. to return this. Have you got your receipt, Lord Byron? <laughs> no. Just give me the receipt. <laughs> I don't want well, it. Well, I don't want it. it. No, thank you. I know no, where that. You've got to put be. your address in the book. I'll give you store credit, but I don't want to kiss. It's that like his solution, isn't it? He thinks that's going to solve everything. It's a bit. It's a bit like. It, it, an abuser who yeah. is has has just Which beaten you yeah. senseless and then gone, Oh, it's all right, I'll I'll give you a kiss and everything will be fine. It'll all go away. And you're just yeah. like, oh. very icky. Very, mm. very icky. What happened, but he what does take next? a break. He does take a break from the kissing and the hide and seek to go and get uh the latest copy of Phantasmagoria, a book of ghost stories. I think this is where we begin the telling. Everyone has a little swig of laudanum. Get yourself in yep. the mood for some story reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first story we get is one that Mary Shelley recounts. Um, she's reading these ghost stories, and it's about, um, you know, and we kind of get like a, a reconstruction of this, always a bit like a crime watch, where Shelley is reading the story and she's talking about, you know, feeling frozen in bed. It's quite an effective affecting story for her having they've lost a child i believe at this point or she fears she's going to it's not expressly clear but like no they have sees, lost one yeah. they've lost, lost a child yeah, so right. yeah they and she sees a little boy lying in the bed and then horrible suit of armor um with ample room for massive erection uh is uh, stomping towards this kid the uh, as per the review the engorged phallus armor that you can have don't don't Rewind that part of the podcast and listen again. What Andy said is completely correct. This suit of armor yep. has a big horn-like, big rhinoceros horn-like erection in his armor. Yeah. Hey, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I guess that would make you extra spooky as a knight. Like if if a knight came at you like that, already a frightful sight, right? Someone marching towards you in a suit of armor. You're just a peasant there. If it had that as well, you think, fucking hell. Yeah, <laughs> what, am I, what am I up against here? If you got the speed, you'd be out of there, you know? If you had you backed into a corner, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have to try and outmaneuver him, surely. Um, yeah. yeah, so it, this massive hulking suit of armor is going towards this little kid is in bed. Um, Shelley, as an observer, as almost the narrator of the story, finds herself paralyzed watching these things. And the story tension is kind of, we kind of jump scared out of it because the the boy watching in fear in bed sees the the suit of armor man lift up the thing and it's 
horrible, horrible worms in there, but we are brought back to rea- reality slightly because that's when they open the food and the, the worms, aka the leeches, are all in the best parts of your eyes and he's fucking livid. Wazzes him straight into the fire, though, you know. Screams yeah, and then wazzes him straight into the fire. Um, and then they go back reaction. to the story. And then yeah. the first story has a happy ending, right? Which Claire isn't a fan of. She wanted them all to get bashed. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's your problem. <laughs> Chill out, Claire, for God's sake. Yeah, <laughs> you see him going through, and that's when they move over to the orgy because she comes through and she's like, quite disappointed, actually. I hope they'd all get bashed in in that story or get absolutely murked by that armor ghost um but that's when they say i tell you what if that story is a bit of a letdown for you have a another swig of lord namu's counting um and then we'll escalate this to an to an orgy shall we where even if you're an ever nude you can join in unless you are that doctor you sit on the bonquette over there the only place people aren't having sex on the bonquette. <laughs> when he when he turned up late, yeah. went oh oh I can't really get in now. Um, yeah, oh. <laughs> you've you've paired off, haven't you? Oh. Yeah. Uh, when 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 so they're alternatively like reading stories, aren't they? It's almost like when you're at school and you're reading a paragraph each, and then you <laughs> you anticipate when your paragraph's going to be. And for some reason, someone ends up doing two paragraphs, and you're like, "Oh no, I've been practicing that bit in my head." Now what? Or <laughs> the teacher doesn't go linearly around the, around the room. It's gone. So it's, I can't predict anything. <laughs> I can't. I literally can't predict anything. Yeah, when it's not when it's not doing that. Oh my god. Real life horrors, everyone. Think back to a time when you were massively uncomfortable as a teenager, and at any time, an adult in authority might have called upon you to read in a room, I want to read in, this in a room full of your like peers. A... Got a bit of a swear word in it. I want to read that bit. Yeah. Come on. And then someone else reads think... it. Got it. I, d- I don't think Byron reads anything, though, does he? No. He's um, too good for that. It's his, it's his book that, but he's, he's too cool, isn't he? He's too cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he just sits there and he's listens loads, to everybody yeah. else. Yeah. He's like, oh, I've read them all, mate. You just, I've completed this book. You just have a read. I'll just watch <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, I've read You're it. You're not having any tea. No, I'm watching you enjoying yours. Well, that, that's the thing, isn't it? In that sense, they are his entertainment, aren't they? Yeah, but it does feel like that, that as well, is... doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He's getting the next part of the party ready. He's getting the skull out for a seance in a bit. <laughs> that is the biggest <laughs> thing, though, that people that have seen this film talk about is the orgy. And I think that does the film a bit of injustice because it's like, it's a bit of a cheap... I know, I know why they have it in the film, but... Yeah, it's a bit kind of like, oh, if that's the only thing you guys are talking about, it's a little bit of a disappointment because there is yeah. there is a lot more in this film, like symbolism and yeah, well, we're getting to that. I know. Yeah, there's a lot of that. symbolism, and I guess there's a lot of stuff where you're like, what, how much of this is actually happening? How much of it is just in the imagination of these particular mm. characters? How much of it is like, um, you know, it, it is all very very intense, isn't it? Um, mm. It's. Before we have the seance, though, I believe it's post-orgy. Um, oh, actually, no, it might have even been in hide-and-seek time. I feel we reach Ben's first, you should have just gone to bed at this point moment. That's when <laughs> Percy Shelley has been out on the roof on the rain. 
saying, yes. oh, yeah, Elf lightning's the key to life. And I, I mean, I don't know. This is true. It feels like Percy Shelley is given in this film, at very least. And Helen, I'd be interested to know if you know the history to this. And I'm interested if you know, too, obviously. But um, Percy Shelley, have, having been out on the roof naked, this was in the day where Julian Sands was only doing rear male nudity he hadn't escalated mm. the full front of frontal nudity of warlock 2 alice taylor matthews approved for film to discuss full frontal male um, nudity. oh yeah he gets he gets born out of a woman in warlock 2 and you know is swinging about in the inner apartment wow. oh um but just gets his bum out in this one that'd mm. be the first point that you go to bed but then the question i was going to ask you is when he is recovering from that he is calling to mind plot points from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. They call him a modern Prometheus. They He talks about the spark of life from lightning and things like that. Mm-hmm. Do we know from the history of that, did she write the story based on things that her husband was saying in his drunken ravings? Or is this film giving him credit for things that his wife wrote? I, yeah, I think it's more the latter. Um, for my sort of like limited, uh, you know, understanding of it is that yeah, I think she, I think she had a nightmare. I think that's how Frankenstein came about, as she she dreamed about this man who'd come to life, um, and been reanimated through, you know, um, stealing body parts and things like that. She uh, that was her idea that came up, but I think. And I'd have to go away and double check this, but I think that Percy was a little bit obsessed with lightning. Like he had a bit of a an obsession with um, what's the word? Is it meteorology and and yeah. and stuff like that? Yeah. So what they've done in this film is they've like they've this is what as I was saying before, like where they take little bits of the truth and they kind of weave this narrative, but the the main narrative isn't necessarily true. So it seems like he was coming up with the idea in this film for Frankenstein, but I don't think that is, but they were using his interest in lightning and life and all of that as part of the story. I think that's right. He loves the weather. Can you imagine if Percy Shelley had, I mean, famously died, died quite young, Imagine mm. if he'd lived to a point that this morning was on and that man was jumping about on that big map of England outside outside <laughs> the television studio. Oh, he died at age, he died at age 29 then, did he? Oh. Mm. He drowned. Yeah, he drowned in a boat accident, I think it was. Big old bath trying not to fall asleep. Sorry, yeah, yeah. It's, a long, I mean, it's a long time ago, it's fine. <laughs> a big old bath. Bless him. Although that... Oh God, I'm doing it again. I am so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It happens all the time on podcasts. It's fine. Um, <laughs> all I was going to say was great uh, this morning, big map reference. We've had, yes. we've already had MD 2020 and WKD blue. The British references keep coming. With yeah. Apologies for overseas map. listeners. You're absolutely, it's absolutely impenetrable this week, but Google all these that's things. That's um, how we like it. I think your life will be richer for it. 100%. What were you going to say all then, Helen? What was your point that you were this, going to make? Yeah. No, all this UK gold. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> the foreshadowing in this film, that it just made me think, because he uh, because he drowned um, and Andy's saying about the bathtub scene. Mm. So he nearly drowns in the bathtub um, because he's worried about him falling asleep. And there's like little instances in this film where 
they kind of foreshadow things that will eventually happen in um, yeah. true life. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was quite clever. This, so, and I guess this, the, the catalyst, at least in the story of this film that's happening is this seance. So mm. Byron rocks up with his skull and says, yeah, put your hands on, put your hands on this and we'll say some magic words, shall we? And they have a little seance. And this is when Claire does the first instance of opening her eyes really massive, but then has a, um, but then has a fit and mm. collapses. Yeah. The second oh. point that you should all just go to bed. <laughs> when someone's just... been sick, that's the end of the party. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or you slowly put them to bed and then uh, and then just come back for it. You're quiet down, a, you know. You... A very expressive yeah, face, though, this actress, isn't she? She has got a very expressive face. Um, impressed by all of her uh, facial expressions that she makes. Mm. Yeah. Has a lovely fit. And then what do they what do they do? Do they put it to bed? They do put, put it to bed. bed. They yeah, go literally put it to bed. bed. And Mary Shelley's had enough at this point, saying, "Nah, nah, I'm not. It's not funny. I've got to go. Yeah. Um, we've got to go." Because oh no, we can't. We well, we can't go in in this weather. This yeah. this mildly inclement weather, we can't. We can't go. He says, "Well, fine. I'm not leaving her here with Lord Byron either because he's he's bonkers." They talk. So they does it, doesn't doesn't Mary Shelley? Sorry, Andy. I was quickly going to say before that, Mary also describes what Claire had as like horrors when she was younger. Um, these instances during her childhood when like various things would happen, like her bed shaking, door slamming shut, um, and that's why they take her up to rest because they're all a bit, I guess, freaked out by that. Yeah, and they used to these things happening, but when they put her to bed again, is this meant to be like an out of body experience? They put her to bed and they move. There's like a tilted mirror near her bed, and then she's kind of up and amongst it, or at least a vision, like an image of her is in this um, in this moment. It's kind of the uh, blurring the lines, like Ben was saying earlier. You don't know if it's real or if it's imagined, and it's it's that kind of is there? Have they conjured something from doing this seance? It, it has this demon suddenly appeared and is messing with them or yeah. are they all just hallucinating these horrible things happening um yeah. and i i thought that about the mirror because it's it's like well is that claire or is that that demon that uh they're yeah. all frightened of that's looking yeah. like claire yeah and there's it it's, and it's such a surreal be, yeah. house it's this is possibly the worst house to be tripping balls in because there are <laughs> not only are there animals and servants that will have sex with lord byron in sort of grecian masks um but there's also stripper robots and piano playing robots um <laughs> i mean, I, I mean I, that was I, probably one of the elements i was freaked out by the most these kind of mm. like weird animatronic things I mean, are they are they meant to be animatronic things or are they people in costumes? Because yeah, the, kind of look the slapping like of the hands away when he tries to grab its crotch is is definitely an organic <laughs> movement. Yeah, I don't know. I wondered if it was because of the budget that they had that they had to have actors um, playing mannequins. You know, it, but I don't know. It was know. almost like Again, the it's... uncanny valley 
it kind of had that uncanny valley kind of thing didn't it where it's like mm. is it this is it that it was very very strange and and kind of confusing i think that was on yeah. purpose yeah and i mean even the synopsis and my and my notes here like the order of this is almost unimportant as it begins to unravel that they're having done this seance they all begin to have different encounters and visions of sort of strange and disturbing things so um percy shelley sort of reveals his fear of falling asleep having seen a strange creature in the in the barn amongst the other creatures that are in there this little sort of uh sort of fanged tooth little uh demonic type creature mm. um timothy spall's doctor character um talks about writing the story of a of a vampire and then begins to obsess over that to the point that he uh, and he did write a story vampire with a y he wrote mm. that story before oh, right, he also okay. died as a yeah. as a young man but he kind of obsessively pulls a crucifix off the wall and then cuts his hand cuts himself quite badly using the nail that's sticking out almost like sort of stigmata type of type of injury on his hand but then also manages to injure his neck and sort of comes out ranting that he has been attacked by a vampire um mary shelley i think probably has some of the most iconic for for the film things it's a, it's your dvd cover if you still got it to hand oh Alan. i have i have hang so, on oh, here yeah. we go here it is Woo-hoo. wow she is so oh god mary right. shelley there we go Mary Shelley falls asleep, sort of looking at a surreal painting, having also found some notes where Byron has kind of been, his image is in a lot of sort of, basically she's flicking through his pornos, his 18th century pornos with pen drawings in there of people (laughs) doing the nasty. Yeah. Um, Yeah. To be honest, if the doctor had read a few, he might have worked out how to get in on the orgy action. He would have got all the angles right, but he hadn't read that. It's like, oh, that's how I could do it when it's not an exactly matched pair. But no, he hadn't read those <laughs> things. But Mary Shelley does. Yeah. Um, and then falls asleep, kind of looking at this painting. And then we have just a like a disturbing flash of like a sort of hunched demon, a little sort of homunculus, shrunken person like like squatting on her chest and sitting on her but then when she screams in fright it's a it's a half sister it's it's claire lying it kind of reaches a clawed hand towards her as well yeah she she freaks out as you would as you would i think it kind of it it felt like a representation of like a sleep paralysis demon didn't it yeah yeah Mm. and it and it all continues to escalate and then of course and again, like the the encounters with Byron become more and more uh, erratic and quite threatening. And it's regardless of 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 who it is. So the Doctor is really heavily taunted for. I mean, obviously for the for the time they, whether it's that they're actually saying because they also say quite freely that they all believe in free love and so on. I don't think the majority of the characters do have particular boundaries with regards um sexuality and so on so my read of this was this was in the doctor's head he has some form of 
shame or fear of persecution of these things. So he sort of mm-hmm. at least envisions all the characters stepping around him and mocking him for being attracted to men and being obsessed with with Shelley and and all these other things and his sort of put together appearance which I guess is where the corset comes from as well when he sort of stripped bare of his because he wears quite fine and extravagant clothes for the rest of times he sort of loses clothes as he goes through and he loses his like his long hair which we is assumed to be a wig because we see him quite clearly bald for later parts of the movie so whether imaginary in a mean girl situation where they're drawing like round his fat bits with marker pen and teasing him or whether it's imagined (laughs) he is quite traumatized by these people um mocking him and uh, percy shelley is traumatized by seeing an image of claire doing her big eyes again saying look into my eyes and he goes i am says no not those not my massive clearly face eyes my nipples that are actually eyes down here my Um, nipple eyes oh Obviously. Yeah. That's yeah, that's quite a freaky special effect as well, because it's not CGI. It's uh it is actually a fake pair of boobs with eyes blinking at you. It's yeah. I it's oh, creepier yeah. than having well, it CGI, creepy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 Like a very practical, very practical winking boobs. Yes. Yeah. And if you think about it, a marvel of modern science, because I mean, depends on the build of the person whose boobs you were looking at, but your eyes would have to be ever so far apart to see through both of them. <laughs> well, I love know. that you've thought about this. Andy. <laughs> he's definitely given it. He's definitely given it lots of thought. I can tell. Yeah. I mean, either your person's going to have to have fairly narrow shoulders, or you're going to have to have a fucking massive wide head. Have to like a hammerhead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what's next what, what's up next I mean these things have all kind of happened in really rapid succession it's difficult to set them apart but effectively they're all coming apart of the scene at, at the seams um, Percy Shelley is terrified of falling asleep he's been rambling about narcolepsy and falling into a trance like death at any, any moment and he is lying in the in the bath, the big spout trying to keep him awake. Claire has kind of in a moment revealed that she is pregnant. Mary Shelley confronts Byron about it, that it's his baby and he needs to actually not treat her so badly and just cast her away all the time. But he has no interest in changing his ways and instead sort of turns it on to her and suggest, well, are you sure it's not Percy's baby? Because he has had her with you the whole time. You guys sleep in the same bed together. How do you know it's anything to do with me? And that kind of sparks for these sort of libertarian people that believe in free love. And have clearly, they've had an orgy today in this film. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden it goes this to sort of feelings of possession and jealousy and almost conjuring some of the sort of monogamist values that actually like maybe that Mary Shelley has towards her husband and think actually it is kind of weird that my half sister sleeps in a bed with us now you think of it now that there might be a a child involved so there's moments of that and then there's a strange 
ectoplasm that starts turning up at various parts. Oh, it's gross, isn't it? Because it, it it looks a ectoplasm. little bit. Um, it looks like mucus, doesn't it? It looks like this horrible mucusy blob-like puddle that just more appears. More polite than I'd have been. More polite than I'd have been about that, Helen. So. On a Very day perfect. when there's been an orgy in this house and you're all lucky to on drugs, I am not putting my hand <laughs> in any translucent liquids I find on the floor. <laughs> yeah, good point. And I'm certainly going, oh, it's ever so sticky. That's about, that's... Is this mucus or something? <laughs> Who's done a mucus all over the floor? Which one are you <laughs> lot? <laughs> yeah, actually, you're right. It is more like that. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of it. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of it. Quite quite a build up. <laughs> it's obviously all well they're obviously all well hydrated, all that laudanum they're getting, in, getting down them. Wow. Oh my god. This film is just sex, isn't it? I never realized yeah. before it's, it's just sex, sex and and symbolism of sex. That's pretty much it, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Pretty I feel much. like if with, this with is a, a holiday if, if this is a if this a is a holiday bit. rental, like the landlord's coming in, in the morning, it's going fucking hell, stinks like a wanker's nightmare in here. No, no, you're not getting your deposit back. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's pretty much what I was going to say, Andy. That's what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> someone open a bloody window. <laughs> that's the review. <laughs> that's the review about the film. It's a wanker's paradise. It's a wanker's. <laughs> no, just go to bed and yeah. stop. Just go to bed. You're like, wake up the next day, forget everything happened. Yeah. <laughs> you four people are the reason that on drinks adverts now it says don't let good times turn bad because <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly um, what happens good times do turn bad um and then that's it so byron is unraveling the shelleys are arguing and there's jealousy injected into their relationship for the first time she's incredibly worried about claire and the baby it's conjured thoughts of their own child that 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 Mary Shelley lost and she has a flashback to when she gave birth to a child that I take it from the reconstruction is uh you know is stillborn. Mm, um and I we so. you know and it's quite graphic we see. I mean I guess another reason why this film is probably rated at 18 even to this day, you know, to have even though obviously it is done with effects and so on, to have what is conjured as like a a stillborn baby which is quite lengthily left on the screen mm. um it's obviously quite harrowing for them and then they they're trying to recreate the like i think byron in particular says that we need to recreate the this this demon which we summoned here and is taunting us we need to recreate the seance so we can basically banish it again what what we have created, we can destroy. They kind of say, well, if we're created by God. Maybe he's trying to destroy us for what we've mm. done as well. So it gets very existential on this one. And then what was your read on the, I mean, the doctor threatens um, Byron and, and Percy Shelley at some point with a gun that then doesn't work and they just sort of laugh at him. And then he, and then he hangs himself. But for the mm. way the film ends... He obviously mustn't. Yeah, but that's the thing. Typically, I feel like a lot of things that happen, hanging. a lot of things that happen are, are almost like, did that really happen? Is that just like somebody's manifestation of something? Is it like somebody's inner thoughts, inner fears, just being realised, or is it actually 
happening. And I almost feel like, does anything happen? Because the way everyone wakes up the next day, everyone seems A, fresh as a daisy. B, no one seems awkward about anything that's happened uh, uh, in terms of orgies or, you know, attempted murder <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> everyone seems pretty chill. Everyone seems ready to have a lovely lemon tea for breakfast. Um, yeah, it, almost, it honestly almost feels like everything is kind of like this existential thing. And the, by the time everyone wakes up, it's like, well, it doesn't expressively say none of that happened, but it almost suggests that uh, in a way. It's all back to normal. So the weird uh, coming back to the whole the truth is being told, but in a very random film narrative way. Um, so, you know, I know we haven't quite got to that bit yet, but you know where Mary runs off and um, she's absolutely beside herself and she comes to the room where there's multiple doors and she starts seeing things. Um, and it com comes back to what you just said, Andy, about like, was it real? What was happening with Polidori and the gun and the poison and the noose? Um, she starts seeing things that actually did happen. So it's almost like she starts seeing the future. And I think it, uh, Polidori was um, the doctor ruled it natural causes his death. But it it pretty much wasn't. He it, it all leans towards him poisoning himself. Um, so hence the the scene where the poison gets knocked out of his hand is a, a foreshadowing to what happened to him. Okay. Um, and yeah, when she when she's looking through all those doors at part like it's almost like the past, the present, but mostly the future and all of those things. If you go and you look it up online they they got a lot of it right for what happens to the the real life people these tragedies like this oh, okay. struck them all and you you've mentioned the poison that polidori has it's a classic poison isn't it when he knocks out his <laughs> hand it's like a burns his lovely his hoodie like yes singes right the way through his robes it's very um, dramatic very 80s isn't it with that yeah you know when you smoke. spill a poison it will like melt through the table it's like xenomorph blood that he was gonna have a little glass of it should have almost uh, had the, the skull and crossbones on it. Yeah. You know, it was that obvious. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, one other thing we should point out, though, when Polidori in what we assume is another horrific vision does um, kill himself by by hanging, um, he's on a horse, isn't he? Add that to the mm. menagerie. Mm. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. oh, didn't even think of that. Two dogs. <laughs> Two dogs. Go for it again. Two dogs. Ninety-seven Snake. leeches. Ninety-seven leeches. Did we establish that worms were separate, or was it just leeches? I think leeches, worms. Leeches, technically, yeah. no. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, because they morph into leeches. Yeah. Worms and all leeches. Horse. <laughs> fish. There's a fish there, and a bird. There is a earlier. fish. Yes, oh, there yeah. is a fish. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's almost got ten types. Oh, goats! He's got ten types of animals. Everyone, we did it! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, yeah, we got there. And that's even for... without the possibly imaginary homunculus. I'm waiting for people to, you know, listening to this to go like, is there any laughs in this film? I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, there yeah. are, but it's almost like awkward laughs of just like, like uh, disbelief most of the time, isn't it? Or just oh, very much, it. yeah, yeah. Oh, I think there's. Lots of laughs to be had. Oh, at the same time, also very serious. Like it isn't played for laughs. I think that's because no. we're being quite silly. It's a, uh, it's um, 
it is played very heavily for um you know the the symbolism and what's happening it makes it incredibly interesting that it is a real thing and then it all comes to a head so polidori at least in this vision of what's happening has killed himself and they meet in the basement claire has gone um absolutely off the deep end and is catching rats another type of animal i didn't list just then so well over <laughs> 10 by now um she has a dead rat in her mouth, but is feral at this point. She is oh, yeah. pretty much naked and crawling around coated in mud like she's hiding from the predator with, <laughs> yeah, with a rat in her mouth. Um, Classic. Can't, can't find her on the IR spectrum. Um, but then we get, we, we all get down there. Byron basically, look, she's confronted her. She's afraid of rats. Now look at her killing them with the bare teeth. She, she's confronted her fears. We all need to do the same. Um, Percy Shelley, he's, he's straight into it. So Byron is stripping off and covering himself in mud. Percy Shelley is stripping off and covering himself in mud. Mary Shelley, less keen, smashes the skull and oh, yeah. goes to stab Byron with a big old bony fragment. Um, and Percy sort of leaps to his defence and sits between them. And that is when, after the skull being smashed, Claire gets this, some sort of atomic force in there and she gets like thrown across the room by an unleashed wind. Um, this, but then, this scene, when they're in when they're in like the basement or something, it look, looks like exact, the exact uh, place where the Castle Freak is kept in Castle Freak, uh, which is why I kind of felt like it was the same film. It felt like I was visiting the same... The same like set or something. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't, but uh in the trivia years the later a castle freak would live here. Years <laughs> later, a bloody castle freak might have been linked, you know, maybe Lord Byron didn't die, he was kept down in the <laughs> down in the basement, turned into a castle freak, you know, happens to the best of us. Um but yeah, thankfully at this point, after Polidori has killed himself, after hideous visions of the past, present, and future after being coated in mud and almost being stabbed with a skull fragment, everyone finally takes Ben's advice and goes to bed. <laughs> finally, <God's> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, classic night out in, in Tamworth, I guess. Like, once someone's almost been stabbed with a bit of skull, that's when you need to call it a night. Um, <laughs> and they do, and they, uh, they all go to bed, and then, as Ben said, they wake up in the morning... Dr. Polidori, don't worry, he's fine. He's fully he's dressed, right. he's not even in a corset, he's got his wig nicely aligned and he goes, tell you what, nice, clears that was a nice your head. corset you had yesterday, girl, sorry, excuse me. He takes that as casually as, you, as I did when you mentioned my uh, braces I'm wearing today, but not on my teeth, just on my trousers. Like he, um, <laughs> you know, he's like, corset, whatever. Um, whatever. Lemon tea, I recommend you have six cups actually. Good for what ails you. They say that. Yeah, six the butler's. Cups. Yes, he recommends it six times a day. That's over. Clears your head. That's overdoing. Set it. you right. That's all right. Doctor Polidori, Doctor Billy Lipton, peddling you your lemon tea. <laughs> That's overkill. I can't have like six cups of normal tea a day. You know what I mean? <laughs> that tastes nice. Lemon tea. Come That's on. nice. Lemon tea. God. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> breakfast, it's breakfast. I know we're in Geneva. Should have brought your tea bags with you from holidays like you do nowadays. <laughs> so, That's yeah, he's, he's, 
he's he's peddling his life. Maybe they've got no milk. That'd be horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Oh no, no way. <laughs> Rhode Island, mate. I ain't got no milk. Really but thankfully, good. the the butler's all right. He's he's not thinking too much of it. So the younger butler is shining the shoes. The maid who came out for a bit of sex with Byron in a Grecian mask earlier is just at it as normal, just you know, waving off those kids that haven't been eaten by those dogs. And the other butler, it's Sunday. He's getting the carvery ready. He's getting a row. He's getting a chicken joint. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's Sunday. Let's get ourselves down to Toby Carvery. Other carveries are available. Yeah, he's doing, well, they're on an island stuck, so he's doing a carvery. Is That's the carvery you've got at home. So he's getting his meat and two veg together. Oh, steady on. And, yeah, oh, more sex. More sex? <laughs> no. Meat and two veg, bloody hell. Literally what he's cooking. And, and then... Is this when it cuts to contemporary era? Like just, modern a, era? just a tour boat coming by, people in jeans and cowboy boots saying, and years later, that man died, and so did this one. And, and someone else drowned. And it's, uh, I, I hate it when stuff like that happens, because I think, oh, God. How 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 life is so, life is so fleeting. Like they probably thought they probably thought they'd live forever or dead. Like the end of a TV movie where it says all the things that happened to everyone. All these people lived to not very young age, uh, not very old age, and died. Unfortunately, there we go. So yeah. the the moral of the story, kids, is don't do laudanum. Go to bed. Like, <laughs> when the fun stops, stop. All right. Yeah, exactly. It's too much. Okay, too much. Um. So, like, we we hear the the real life history of a lot of these things. So, Claire did have Lord Byron's baby, who unfortunately died very young after Byron mm. took the child away from Claire and yes. put it into a convent school, and the little girl died when she was five. Oh. Um. It doesn't say what of. She just she just died young in the article mm. I was reading. Um, Shelley died drowning. Um, Byron died of a fever. Yeah, in Greece. Yeah. Um, Doesn't say what kind of fever or what it was actually linked to, but he he passed away from from an illness. Doctor Polidori, he died, and as you said earlier, Helen, like ruled accidental. But you know, with modern hindsight, would you think of that as being? potentially self-inflicted as well mm. Mm. Um, yeah the poison okay. yeah yeah the only the only one of them that lived to any significant age was mary shelley not all good news though she did have quite a sad time but she did write a book um and we pause with kind of a look at the you know the the unborn child the you know the sort of inspiration for life reanimated that would be part of frankenstein and they it's a tour guide telling this story, right? Mm. Yes. Yeah, I I always find that ending actually quite... Um, I mean, the whole film is unsettling, don't get me wrong, but there's something about that child like at the bottom of the, the water that just always seems a little bit... Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's, little a, bit... it's sort of a bit unnecessary, that final scene. Mm. Especially like the freeze frame we get on it. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Well, it's almost like the film is saying to you, I'm not letting you get off that easy just yet. I, you know, I'm going to mm. creep you out right until the very last, yeah, uh, you know, as soon as second, the credits yeah. start rolling. Yeah, I'm going to, I am going um, to torment you with the final image of a, of like a, 
simulated dead child. So mm. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish I'm gonna finish out. It's got a slightly square head though, a bit Frankenstein-y, but otherwise very yes. disturbing. Um yeah. I'm sure that's incidental from the effect, not that they're going, and this was baby Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> and then baby Frankenstein was born. There he is. It's not like dropping Thanos in the end. Bless oh, he's, co- he's he's in the next one. He's in the next one. <laughs> Gothic two. Frankenstein's oh. back. <laughs> Way to lighten up a dead child, Andy. Let's go. Well, can you imagine if it opened its eyes? I think that would have been. Have, no, I'm done now. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. I've had it. <laughs> the end. He opens his yeah. eyes and then it puts a question mark afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> question mark. <laughs> wow. Okay. Right. That's it. That's it for for gothic. Have we got any name game, Andy? I bet you've got some name game for this. I've you? got some. I've got some name game for you. Have you got the um? So, Helen, the rules of the name game is I'm going to read you a bit of a synopsis. I'll read you some as well. We're going to read you a synopsis of a film which will sound a little bit like the um, the film Gothic. Mm. And funnily enough, its title will, in a very loose sense of the word, rhyme with the title Gothic as well. But we've made it up. So it's a parody movie. It's um, a bit like Gothic, but it'll rhyme. Okay. It'll all become clear after we've done one, I promise. Um, ben, what's the synopsis of Gothic? The synopsis is Lord Byron is visited by Percy and Mary Shelley uh, where they devise an evening of ghoulish tales. Ghoulish tales, indeed. Um, so, um, Lord Byron is visited by Wednesday Adams, uh, Lydia Dietz, Kat Von D, and Her Out of Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. I know exactly um, and they read, each other, they read each other Ghost stories. Is oh, it? Oh God! Wait, is that what you got for me? Yeah. Is it just gothic, but with goths? Gothic. I was going to say goth chick. <laughs> That's fine then. Oh, oh goth okay. good as well. Goth chick. Yeah. Wednesday Adams, Lydia well, Deeds, Cat Von D, and Blair ruined... Witch Two. You've already ruined mine because I was going to say goth goth lick, um, <laughs> but let's let's forget that. Um, okay, so what was it again? I've got it written down. Lord Byron is visited by <laughs> Percy and Mary Shelley, and all of them, and both per- Percy and Mary Shelley, take dislike to Lord Byron being all posh, and they boot him up the arse just because he's is posh. It, is it tough kick? Tough kick is correct. Well done. Oh, well done. Yeah, I knew tough it was kick. <laughs> Good job. Um, Lord Byron is visited by Percy and Mary Shelley and he shows them his menagerie of over 10 varieties of animal. Unfortunately, his rooster has a stomach upset and vomits in several places around the house. A translucent liquid. Oh, translucent liquid. (laughs) He vomits it up, doesn't poo it out. I feel well, like I feel like I'm horrible saying it. Cock shit. No, cock not, sick. Not cock, cock oh, sick. cock sick. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's he, disgusting. He bombs it up. Yeah, so he's got else full of cock sick. Ever so sorry. <laughs> Ever so sorry. Okay. Uh, Lord Byron oh. is visited by Percy and Mary Shelley. Uh, they tell a load of... They t- they tell a load <laughs> halfway through telling one of the, the scary stories. One of them has an old tickle in the throat and can't get rid of it. Cough. 
Can't stop. I can't. I'll cough it. Cough fit. Yes. Ah, okay, yeah. Very good. Um, This is the one for you then. Um, Absolutely sick of being told there's a brand new trailer for um, a film they've been looking forward to, a sequel to Beetlejuice after all these times, only for it to be a music video from a 1980s pop star tricking them to get clicks on the internet. Um, Lord Byron makes fun out of a famous never gonna give you up singer. Oh takes piss out of him. Yeah, it's something Rick, isn't it? But oh god. Um he pretends to be him, does a really Rick. flattering impression. Mock yeah, Rick. Mocks yeah. Rick. Very good. Well, mocks done. Rick. Uh <laughs> I'm, I'm making them up on the fly now, so I apologize for these. <laughs> they were just I'm basically taking lead from how, how, how sexy the film is. Well, sexy enough, yeah. <laughs> Naughty. Uh, okay. Oh, it's so, very um, naughty. Lord Never Byron is visited. Lord Byron is visited by Percy and Mary Shelley, and they all get involved in a lovely orgy. And during the orgy, Lord Byron says, "Just right on the tip, right on the end of my phallus, give it one of them." <laughs> Cock flick. Cock flick. Knob <laughs> flick. Knob <laughs> flick. I wrote. I feel yeah. like I can't even think about what the film's called now. I'm just saying words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying words together that yeah, vaguely Lord sound Byron, like not keep, the, not keep the wolf from the door, little flick. Oh, that was just so... Um... Oh, bloody hell! <laughs> flick you right on the end of the, suit of, of the um, suit of armour. That's why he wears that armour, so you can't flick him. Yeah. Um, um, I've got one more for you. Um, calming down from his orgy ways, Lord Byron invites... Um, Percy and Mary Shelley round and Dr. Polidori. They have a really nice weekend. And he says, I tell you, what, I've had such a good time. I want us all to remember this thing. So he goes into his menagerie and he gets all of his. Um, Stop saying menagerie. Sort of, he goes into his menagerie <laughs> and he gets all of his, uh, all of his nocturnal sort of uh, flying insects out and goes, choose one of these. You can take it home. Nocturnal so, insects. Something pick. Moth pick. Moth pick. Moth yeah. pick. Correct. Oh, God. He gives him a, a moth pick. I mean, Helen, I feel like we're burning through rhymes left, right, and centre, but if you've got one, feel free. I'm, I'm, it's, I don't know how I can follow that. I really don't. <laughs> Sorry, isn't it? it's, uh, it's definitely difficult to follow. Cock sick. Cock sick. Flick. Yeah. Do you, know, do, you know what we should do? do you know what we should do, Andy? Grow up. We should go to bed. Is what we should do. We should go <laughs> yeah, to bed. Yes. It's about time. We should go to bed. That's yeah, it. It's about that that is time. It. Right. It's time to rate the movie, everybody. A bizarre Ooh, movie, movie, indeed. So, Ooh. Helen, we usually go from A to F. Pluses and minuses are allowed. Oh, okay. Um, so you get topic. to go first. I'm slightly biased. That's the problem because I really do like it. But so, this is fine. your rating. This is your rating, not the rating of the True. world. This is Helen's rating of this movie. Okay, I will go for a B minus. Nice. Yes. B minus. Um, ben, any elaboration on that, Helen? Why would you say B minus? I think that um, it's wonderfully weird. It, it it's 
a very unique story, but sometimes it goes a little bit too weird. And as I say, it as I said right at the beginning, it lingers. And I've thought way too much about this film and been icked out by this film. Um, mm. Yeah, it's as a as a as a conventional horror. Uh, it's not. It isn't really a conventional horror. It is no. in its own little bracket, and and it is very very odd. It's the kind of film I would, I'd have to think twice before showing it to people because I genuinely don't think they would get what I like about it. <laughs> but I do love that it is just a big mind fuck. Yes, it's definitely a mind yeah. fuck, yeah. Um, what are you saying, Andy? I'm saying, Ben, that for me, I'm certainly intrigued by this movie. I might have to give it a little rest and then watch it again, having made, maybe read a little bit more of the history so I can go, that's how it happened, eh? Um, yeah. But as as Helen said, it's a really non-conventional horror movie. I feel we've been objectively quite silly, and it's very serious. Um, there are some serious messages in there, um, you know, dead children and the likes. But um, other than that, um, it, it has like that shallow dreamlike quality to it, and there's quite a lot to unpick there. So it's denser. Maybe on this first watching. I haven't perhaps got all of this that this movie has to offer and all of the, you know, all of the depth of character. So I think I'm glad I watched it blind in the first instance. I think I might get more of it watching it again in the future. But right now, from a first watching for its surrealness, I'm going to give it a C. It sits mm -hmm. in a C with me right now. But that could change as I get to watch it again. You could see that. No, get a cheeky little plus in there. But for right now, we're at a C. Worth mm. checking out, especially if you're interested in the characters naturally, the fact that people in the old days are wrong and it's not just those modern pop stars today. <laughs> they are the modern, they are the pop stars of then. Yeah, um, tell you I what, think... Taylor Swift can have all the avocado she wants. Doesn't matter. Like that's not that's not half as bad. <laughs> um I'm probably gonna go for like uh, maybe a little, well, maybe go for a C minus, and that sounds probably a little bit unfair, but it is a very unconventional film. Um, not the kind of film that I think I can make a, a snap judgment on, like how much I enjoyed it. Like in my head, I'm a bit like, did much happen? It was very dreamlike, it was very sort of like wishy washy in places. Maybe I didn't quite follow this and that, but I think it's definitely a film that I'm probably going to appreciate. Um, the more I get to digest it. At the moment, I'm only going for a C minus just because I think if I'm marking it sort of as a horror film, perhaps I expected a little bit more. I kind of wanted to see a bit more in terms of like nightmarish visuals and uh, you know that 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 image just on the on the poster on the front of that DVD. Uh, we only kind of see that once, and we don't really see any more of it. I kind of wanted a little bit more of that. Um, but yeah, I think it, despite the fact C minus sounds pretty low, I still think it's a very well made film. Uh, with some great performances uh, and some some genuinely weird shit. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Thanks for bringing it along, Helen. That was a really interesting one. Ah, oh, you're welcome. Mm, yeah, most definitely. Uh, okay, wonderful. There we go. So, uh, Helen, where can our our listeners follow you online? Well, if you want them to, of course, you can say oh, wow. nowhere. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, go away. <laughs> go to bed. Um, I'm on uh, Instagram. <laughs> um. I think I'm helen.c.pain on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. Um, but yeah, I'm around. Awesome. Yeah. And watch <laughs> out, watch out for movies like, like Collard. Look out for the trailer of 
Asmodeus on it's on YouTube, yes. right? The the, the uh, is that listed now so people can find it if they look it yes. up the teaser. Yeah, so search yeah. for um, Asmodeus trailer. Yeah, and we'll, you'll find we'll put, it. We could put the link for that in the show notes as well. That probably makes sense. Let's do that. Lovely. Um, Thank you. Check that Wonderful. out. Go and check out Helen's um, film work out out live. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder yeah. what you were going to say then. <laughs> well, there and we obviously go. If you're, in the, if you're in the if you're in the theater area, if, if you're future Swindon fringes or Edinburgh ones, wherever Helen's plays might be found, look out for that as well. Get a version of Gothic Definitely. out on the out on oh. the out on the tiles. Oh, I would love yeah. to bring that to the stage. I really would. Oh, you give me an idea of, now. Stage play of Gothic. Can mm. you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine the night walking out? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine yeah, if you okay. did like a did like a Can Rocky we... Horror and got people to dress up for it? Oh my god. Yes. What are you I'm going making as? That, I'm making it happen. You you can't go as a knight with an erection. I'm going as a knight with an erection. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going as little monkey this man. You I'm going as ninety. I'm going as ninety three leeches. I'll in go, a big I'll bowl, go in, in a big bowl of basmati rice. I guess I'll probably go as one of the weird mannequins, either the one on the the piano or the the gypsy looking uh, um, belly dancer one. <laughs> Hell yes, and I'll just I'll just wear a corset. Uh, okay, yeah. thanks everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout. Thanks to our current patrons. Thanks to Taj Easton for our theme music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Consider giving us a rating or review uh, if you like the show. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, uh, Discord, and YouTube. Just search Horror Hangout Podcast. Next week, just in time for Valentine's Day, we're going to be covering the slasher movie, early 2000s slasher movie, Valentine, with returning guest Rupa Shikotra. So thank you very much. I don't know what I'm saying. Thank Thanks you very today, much, actually. everybody. Thanks, thanks for to everybody. everybody. Thanks, everybody. And of course, thank yeah. you, Helen and Andy. Thank you for being a right horror dude, as always. Yeah, thanks for being right horror dudes, everybody. And also, thanks, guys. Write in, let us know what would you drink out of a skull? Want to know, please? Yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd love to know. Won't be better than Tango Ice Blast, but you know, do your best. Yeah, do your best. <laughs> right, see you later then. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, go Bye. ahead. <laughs>
Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. So you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.